あのさ好きだ
our house for Halloween and help us scare kids? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Becca's absolutely in for that. Let's That's, do oh, that. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a that sounds like a Chris thing for sure. Well, Damon and I, the idea we have for this year is I'm going to take cardboard boxes and I'm going to create um, basically, you know, the uh, the fortune telling machines where yeah. you put your okay. He's going to be the male version. I'm going to be the female version, and we're going to I'm going to set them up where we can hold them on our shoulders and walk around. So if people come up, you know, we can chase them down and be like, "Don't listen to him. Listen to me. I've got the better fortunes <laughs> than he does." And I have an idea on how to set up the little thing where your uh, fortune comes out. I'm going ha- to have the candy come out of that. Yes. That sounds awesome. Thank you. And so then we can have Chris come around and just scare the shit out like panda bear for no reason. So, April, do you know why I have this mask originally? No. You know, aside from being a furry? No. So, Matt Steiner used to do Halloween shows. Okay. For for comedy and at, at Firkin. And uh, so he was like, great, show up in costume and do a whole 10 minute set as a costume. And thus, Handable Lecter was born. <laughs> That's great. I love I, it. I have a, a Hot Topic straight jacket that I wear. <laughs> with this and then uh some slacks and some nice dress shoes and and i call it pandable lecter and like uh it. so i've done it for his show and then when um kyle curtis was doing what was it not stand up for drunks what was it the that thing he was doing at kelly's where he was recording people doing presentations PowerPoint presentation. Oh, oh, yeah, and I did a couple of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So drunk, I, drunk disclosure, drunk something. Drunk discourse. Drunk discourse. Thank you. There we go. Sorry, sorry, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Kyle Curtis. Yes. Uh, well, so I did a a lecture or a lecture on pandas as pandable lecture. I'm sorry, I missed that. It it was pretty great. One of my coworkers showed up for that, and everybody at the office has heard about it now. Oh, that, I like it. I like it though. That's a that's hilarious. I like that a lot. Yeah, y'all will definitely have to come over for Halloween because we're planning on being home for Halloween this year. Poor kids. <laughs> Poor kids in this neighborhood. <laughs> okay. You know, I used to work at Hallow Screaming. Uh, Tampa, don't you? No, I really only ever hear about the porno thing. Yeah, because porno was the first job that I got here in Portland when I first moved here. Uh, I was working in uh, Hallow Street, Tampa, and I was um, I was like a dead tourist, so I was dressed like a regular person, and uh, and I had my face all scratched up. And uh, that was a great couple of years working for, um, what was it, uh, Bush Gardens, yeah. So, uh, let's see, I was doing uh, Hallow Scream in Tampa, and what we would do is at 8 o'clock every night, they would shut the, the, the place down, and they would allow all the employees to come in. And when we were there, we couldn't dress as... Um, we couldn't be as our characters. We had to be plain clothes. And then we would go in and get ready. And then they would open the park up at 10 
11 o'clock and then they would let everybody come back in. And uh, when you come into Bush Gardens, what they had was is they had the Egyptian area. So I was a dead tourist at the end of the Egyptian area and I looked like I was all ripped apart by lions and tigers and bears on my. And, um, and so it, it was a great setup because what they would do is they would have people go through the haunted house, do, do, do. And then at the end, they would come out a door and you get that, oh, it's the end, right? And then they would go around, I could see them come out and then they would come around a corner and I had a giant barrel and this metal box with pennies in it. And every time they would come around my corner, I would hit the barrel and uh, it would make a huge scream and I would scream at them. And this guy came around the corner. I saw the woman ahead of him was pushing a baby carriage. So I let her go by. And then I s decided to scare him. And when I scared him, uh, he threw his baby up into the air. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it was the best. And he caught it. And uh, then he screamed at sure. me because he was like, you're going to fucking make me kill my baby. And I'm like, dude, why are you at Bush Gardens at one o'clock in the morning with, with a baby, baby holding a beer in a haunted house? Like, what are you doing? But he, but yeah, that was probably one of the funnest jobs. Sorry, this is in Tampa, Florida. Tampa, Florida. Yeah. Okay. So it's, yeah, it's starting to make out. a little more sense. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're talking about Floridians and tourists. So, um, yeah, that, that and then. The next year, I was um, a swamp person, and I had to wear a big mask, and I just sweat like a crazy person. In I was going to say, I yeah, but what was it. the costume? Right? Yeah. No, yeah. it was just me. I mean, <laughs> and it was miserable. And so, Bush Gardens goes, uh, about that time, the swamp witch got fired. I don't know why she got fired, but she got fired. And I was like, I want the swamp witch job, but it was a bigger acting job. I'm, I don't get the, I never got the acting jobs. And I got pissed off because I felt like they were not letting me have it because I was too, uh, too fat. And uh, I wrote this huge letter to him. I was like, first, I'm quitting. You guys can go fuck yourself. And number two, I think you didn't give me the job because I was too fat. And then the lady who took the job of the swamp witch after me weighed 400 pounds. And I was like, there you go. Well, <laughs> <laughs> <You're> wrong. <laughs> but I still enjoyed. That was probably one of the. I don't know why I started talking about this, but this is probably one of the funnest jobs I've ever done. Oh, that's fun. So, yeah, absolutely. I, I have no. I don't know why I started directing the conversation that way. Sorry. That's no. fine. It won't matter. This show was called Everything and Nothing April. Uh, yeah. We have no real. Everything and nothing April. Okay. Yeah. Nope. Nope. No. God damn it. This is how I did it. No. <laughs> Everything April and also nothing. <laughs> uh, okay. I don't. I, I, yeah, I don't know. We've still got like another <laughs> 20 minutes before the actual show starts. So oh I'm, I'm already I recording. Told you that this you is... didn't have to be ready until 4:45. Oh, that's true. You did. You did. So. No, this is when this is when we get the most the best content for sure. This is true. This is what we're gonna have for like clips and stuff. Because I did. I took like three, two or three clips from the Nawal Masari episode before it goes away, and I got those posted up. I love Nawal. Yeah, she's pretty great. Did she tell you what I sent her for her birthday? No. Oh, I sent her a coffee cup for her birthday because she had posted that uh, she had seen a coffee cup she wanted. It was uh, Eileen Waros. Do you know who that is? 
She's the lady who was convicted of killing a bunch of guys uh, in Florida. She would, right? Uh, she was a prostitute. She would get picked up by men, and then she would, her and her girlfriend would kill them and dump them on the side of the road and take all their money and stuff. And here. Um, right and she had a she there's a coffee cup with her picture her mugshot on it and on the back it's, it had a quote from her which was i hate people and uh she was like i really need this and i was like i can set you up <laughs> so i sent it to her <laughs> for her birthday you. i got you for, everybody needs a eileen waros uh coffee mug. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that mug shot that's that's funny uh, i think uh, they uh, uh, they did it on purpose because they have a. They also had Ed Gein. I didn't know that I had written a joke that was actually a quote from Ed Gein. Uh, and I, I have a joke that I say, I, my husband and I never had kids and people think we don't like them and it's not true. We love children. They're delicious if you cook them right. Um, <laughs> and, like veal. Yeah. And I didn't know that Ed Gein was quoted as saying, oh, I love kids. They're tasty. Yeah. That so, sounds like yay. him. So, yay. Yeah. That's how I found it. So. Classic Ed. What a guy. Oh, I still love the quote from Ed Gein where they go, they were looking for the woman who was the uh, bartender at the uh, at the bar in their town and she was missing and and they and he was like, No, she's not, she's at the house and they're like, Ed, you fool, you're so silly and walked away. She really was. She was in his house hanging upside down in his living room. He's like, I told you, I don't know what you want from me. I know. It's like, I told you guys where she's at. Nobody listens. So I always say I, that that's one of those Southern rules. Like if you ever know somebody from a small Southern town who just says weird shit kind of out of the blue and it's very serious, take them for their word. They're, they're, they're probably got bought. I've always assumed. They know something that. they shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're doing things they shouldn't be doing. So yeah. You know, people talk about, well, you know what? I was looking at a post today about somebody was talking about how Europe had, you know, X number of, they were talking about the percentages of COVID cases in Europe versus the COVID Mm -hmm. cases here. And somebody was trying to make the argument that the U.S. is just so much bigger. And uh, then somebody else came in and was like, yeah, but you got to consider like in Italy, like the same number of people is in a much smaller concentrated place. And then, and I told me and Damon were talking about, it, I was like, that's why we have so many serial killers in the United States. We're just so vastly spread out. Yeah. People can have 10, 15 acres of land with a, with a kill center under, you know, <laughs> underground on their property. And uh, I, I think April. about this shit way too much. <laughs> The uh, the state of Alaska has sent me a message telling you to shut the fuck up. The state of Alaska? <laughs> we do not need you spreading our secrets, April. I need you to, like, back off, okay? <laughs> yeah, everybody not... knows this. Everybody knows this. Are you kidding? What was that I movie was... with, uh, uh, was it um, Insomnia with Al Pacino and Robin Williams, where Robin Williams is, like, a fucking serial killer in Alaska? Did you bring this up last week, too? No, I didn't. I don't think I did. I haven't thought about this movie in a long time. It was a weird movie. And uh, and like Al Pacino like can't sleep because of the midnight sun, you know. And so he he's like having all these hallucinations. He's not sure what's real. And Robin Williams is like taunting him, or is it a hallucination? We don't know. Oh, I remember that movie. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. No, that's not the one where Robin Williams was the 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 picture photo. No, that's a different movie. Okay, different different movie, but also creepy. Uh, Yeah, he was an interesting actor. Yeah, 
No, well, you know what? The other day, uh, I don't know if you guys do this, but I will write a post on Facebook or somebody will say something and then I will write it like an, an, an answer. And then I'm like, no, fuck that. But I've gotten in the habit of copying and, pe- and putting it in my notebook, kind of like a daily diary thing. Oh, I have, not, I have not done the second part. No. Oh, I keep them. I keep them because it keeps, gives me a kind of an indicator of where my mind is at and kind of what my <laughs> emotional state is. And like um, Drew Grizzly made the post the other day, he made a joke post about white on white crime. Cause he was like, there's so many white people in the yeah. United States. Why aren't we talking about white on white crime? And I was like, are we talking dudes? They're more dangerous. They go after everybody. They're very indiscriminate and it's everything from mass shootings to murder hotels, but white women on oh, no, that's a different rattlesnake altogether. Usually we internalize and blame ourselves and rarely do we go after the public at large. So far, the best a woman has done on a public scale was murder men as a prostitute. Most white women aren't that brave and and their anger usually comes out uh, in public as Karen incidents. Um, So for usually for white women, it manifests towards the person or persons responsible. So it's a lot of burning beds, tossed penises and drowned kids. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's just the way it is. It's like, if you want to talk about, cause that, that's something I talk about all the time. Uh, when I'm looking at this stuff going around, like crimes, people act like the whole like black lives matter thing and the crimes that are going on or something that only black people do. It's, no, no. Every, every group has their own speciality. White men like to do mass shootings and they're, they like to do, uh, they like to be ma- uh, serial killers, right? Women, white women as a whole tend to not do anything unless it's secret and at home and involves their children. <laughs> and uh, so I think, me personally, like all the crime that can be attributed to anybody in the Black Lives Matter issue is everything that is resulted from all the problems that we as a white society have put on them. Like they wouldn't have to make those choices nine times out of 10 if the society was set up properly absolutely yeah right so but again you know but you think about it it's like everybody's got their thing you know white women do it one way it's all based off of what we have at our disposal so so it does sound though like the difference between white dudes who commit violent offenses and white women that do violent offenses is that white men do it as a thing they can do whereas white women do it to make a statement (laughs) Yeah, yeah, like well, like white men like to have control, uh, and the we we want our guns. So you, they're taking away our guns, and they're teaching our kids let's let's shoot up a school. You know, like every mass school shooting has been a white dude, pretty much, right? Like, yeah, pretty much. And um, and then yeah, if if you've got like actually something seriously wrong with your brain, then you're like, I need to control the situation so much. I want to collect people's eyeballs or you know whatever it happens to be. You know, it's like, I really, really need to be in control of every relationship yep. by wrapping someone up in saran wrap and dumping over, dumping them over the side of a boat, you know, like whatever yeah. it is. Whatever their thing is. Hell, I even put, I even tattooed my body uh, with a comic of a character that's a serial killer, and that's Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. I love JTHM comics. Yeah, he's, you got to keep the wall wet. You've got to keep the wall wet. That's yeah. all there is to it. You got to keep the wall wet. So, yeah, there's just, there's a, there's a reason for everybody. And, and I just, it's, I don't know. I, I saw what Drew was getting at, and he's right. It's ridiculous to make those kind of comparisons because it yeah. doesn't apply. Yeah, uh, people talking about like crime statistics and stuff like that just need to realize like, yeah, we put a bunch of white cops 
you know, Bill Clinton said like, hey, let's get a bunch of white cops for low income neighborhoods, meaning black neighborhoods. So it's like, that's why our crime statistics are widely skewed because they're getting over policed and it's dumb. Yeah. And Damon and I, we've been talking for, well, of course, because all this is going on, this is all we talk about. Um, but we've been talking about, like, Damon and I went to a high school in Georgia, right? So uh, yeah. we, we were in North Georgia in the 80s, and our school was about half and half black and white. So, and I attribute that, and it's purely accidental for me, because my parents divorced when I was eight, and I ended up living in the city where my grandparents were. So I ended up going to a city high school. If I'd have stayed in the county where my dad was I would have went to a redneck high school where we had literally two black people in the whole school right so um I I fully attribute my parents divorce and going to that high school because I was around people of color I kind of learned to like oh I'm not the only thing that exists in this world and I gotta learn to get along with people you know what I mean yeah Yeah. that's what we talk about all the time and then I have people from high school and stuff arguing with me about the people's rights and it just blows my mind I'm like didn't we go to the same high school like do we not know the same people like and I think you guys get to see them like people from high school get to see them more than I do because I'm out here in Oregon they they all stayed in Georgia and right. I think they that's see part you of coming it. down the road this mm-hmm. week yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's been a mess. Well, you know what? I don't like the South. Like people ask me before, I don't talk I about it too imagine. much. Yeah, I know. I mean, people, I talk, people ask me and I go, eh, it's too hot. That's my general like fallback. But the truth it's of the a, matter it's is. It's a really good line. Yeah. But it's, <laughs> it's the easiest one to get away with because I don't have to explain myself. Because sometimes if I'm talking to women, they think I'm a man hater because I'm all like, ah, stupid white men in the South. Like the general, over, I know it's not all men, but the general overarching like control of the South is Right, white if those are the people Southern, who are being the loud problem. The white religious Southern men are the ones who yep. rule the South. I told them as if it's... It, threw me off like because now when i've been doing comedy i do a lot of traveling and i'll be in southern cities and stuff and i'll go into a restaurant i'll be by myself i have this like hairdo and the tattoos i know you can't tell it much here but my i've got shaved side of the head it's green and it's purple you know i'm covered in tattoos uh which bring me back to my tattoos i have something i got to talk about um (laughs) but I would see women come into the into restaurants, you know, and they like they're they got their you can tell by their body language, like their heads are down, their shoulders, you know, and like the husbands are in control. And I'm just like, that is a it's a lot of years of systematic rule over not only people of color but women. And people ask white women, like, why aren't they helping? They're just as uh, under control and they live inside the houses of the white men. And it's and people are like, Oh, it can't be that bad over the whole south. It's a lot of it. It's a lot of it. It's more than you would think. And it's terrible. I fucking hate it. And that's why I came out here. And now to come and then I go, Oh, I came to the most racist state in the union. Then it's not I thought I thought I was going to a better spot. Right. I thought I was going (laughs) to a better spot. No, of course not. Did I, oh, Damon and I, you remember I told you, Damon and I bought a house out here when we, when we first moved out here about mm-hmm. 10 years ago, or no, it was about 15 years ago now. Um, we got the original deed that came with the land, the liter- the piece of land deed that was written in like 18 something. Wow. Um, 
and it and it spells it out. You cannot sell your land to, and it's Negroes and Chinese, and 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 it lists all it a huge list. And then the very next page is, uh, you know, the nineteen forty something re, uh, restrictions pulled because of the whatever act that gives people rights to own land and all that so you have to have to you have the yeah. original yeah you have the original <laughs> one and then you have a piece of paper saying the original one doesn't count <laughs> but you have to have them both so it's weird it's a really wow situation yeah so i uh just this last um i can't remember the guy's name oh i, I uh but i went to, uh in october i went to this sh- show kind of before everything hit the fan obviously my buddy took me out to this show for my birthday and it was called the amazing concert uh, the history of blues in Oregon. And it's like before the, sh- the show started, they had like a TV production or something. And it was talking about the great migration to the North that took place in like the thirties and forties, uh, where a large population of, of black people from the South did, uh, you know, made their way to the Northern States, including Oregon. It talks about like some of the first, you know, citizens black citizens of oregon and Mm -hmm. it it kind of blew me away that all these people came up from the south obviously which is super deep in jim crow at that time and they came up like yeah i mean my whole family moved up here my dad just thought it was going to be better in the the northern states it wasn't and i'm like oh damn like but i guess it was kind of like it was less like being beaten so maybe And I'm like, feel damn, that. that's a low bar. Yeah, it's a very low bar, yeah. I don't know. When Damon and I first got married, you know, we lived in Rome, Georgia. And then he got his first job in um, Noonan, Georgia. Do you guys know about Noonan? Uh, Noonan is a super racist town. I, know no, I, 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 spent, I spent a lot of time in Georgia, but uh, I don't think I ever made it to Noonan. You know who Alan Jackson is? Yeah, I think so. Country. Singer. Yeah, yeah, his family's from there, so it's New Nen, not New Men, but New Nen, Georgia, and it's a it's a cute little town right there in the middle of Georgia, but it's it's probably one of the more racist towns because it's just. And we moved there, and I was like, oh, we're going to a new town. It won't be as bad as Rome. Shit, it was worse. Like <laughs> Rome was bigger. Wow. <laughs> I was like, damn. So, yeah, I don't know. It's weird, but I it. Uh, it's one of those things like I don't I don't really it doesn't affect me on a daily basis since I've moved out here. I didn't even realize that I wasn't even seeing people of color often until I went back home for a visit. And then I was like, oh, my God, Oregon is so white, so white. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It's a weird place. Yeah. OK, I want to cover two things before yes. the podcast starts in a few minutes. Well, three things, really, because one of them is going off to go get super high again. But also, <laughs> uh, first, April, uh, underneath your chair, you will find an invisible batch of points. Uh, okay. Those are guest points. They are yours to keep. Uh, they can also be distributed at will. Uh, points are usually provided for pop culture references, things that are funny enough, things that are cool enough or creative enough. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, so those are yours. You get to mm-hmm. have those. Uh, we are going to also be kicking off the podcast by awarding you some extra points that you are not yet aware uh, that you are owed. Uh, 
The other thing I do want to go over is because uh, I assume for this first week, ain't nobody going to do it in the fucking uh, chat or in the Twitter or the Facebook. So uh, which one's better? Oh. Uh. Let's see. I'm like, for April, this is no contact, so it's solely based off of how they look, so that's great. <laughs> I like this side. Okay. Uh, because I don't know... Big hair! That's Big hair, one. gotcha. Big hair. Thank you. Dr. Stone has one vote. Okay, doc- was Dr. Stone up last week as well? Both of these were. I didn't change it this week, because okay. we didn't do the vote. Good. Yeah, you've had Bunko up for the last three, I think. Uh, I've just grown accustomed to it, and I do like it. Uh, so I'm going oh, to keep with Bunko, I think. we got 1-1. One, one. All right, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, at home. Uh, ah, shit. Becca's agreeing with April. So, so right. far, Dr. Right. Stone is our winner, and we're going to see if that continues. Thank you so much, Becca, for being uh, in the chat with us. Yeah, I love third Becca. thing. Yeah, she's she's pretty great. It's my favorite. The Groove Cat Orchestra. That's it. That's what I saw. They were good. The I'm sorry, the what? The Groove Cat Orchestra. Norman Sylvester and then the Groove Cat Orchestra. They were the ones who did Oh, oh, okay. The show. I was trying to remember. And uh it was interesting. They were talking to the Groove Cat himself, Norman Sylvester, who plays guitar. He's really excellent singer. And he fucking slays a guitar. Talking to him about his family came from Mississippi. He was like six when they moved up. So he's about, he's got to be about 70 plus now, but walks around in like a white linen suit with the hat. And just, it was, uh, it was such a cool show. It was really amazing. That's a special kind of Southern man. Oh yeah. He was, the whole thing was cool. Cause they had they, they just talking about the origins of blues music. And so they had like traditional African, like West African drummers and, oh come up and then they talked about um you know the work songs in the fields and then they talked about spirituals and and then into gospel singing and then like where that kind of branched off into like you know talking about lead belly and and the guys who learned from plantations like there'd be there was one plantation in mississippi and you can still go there it's still standing which you know maybe it Shouldn't be, but it just happens to be the guy where, like, they're the plantation where, like, Robert Johnson and Lead Belly and everybody else learned how to play guitar. Oh, and, wow. And, uh, like, not everybody else, but a lot of different people. So it's, like, that super. Would be really cool, yeah. So it becomes a question of is it more about the history of it being a plantation or more about the history of it being where blues is being? Yeah, it's, where it was you know, created. That, yeah. that music has become like a, uh, a symbol of empowerment of the black community uh but is is it like talking about the oppression you do you need the building to still be up for context or can it can the music just live on its own and unfortunately music gives a different context to things when you think music even though if it could be blues and sad music it still puts a different context to things so when you think oh we're going to go listen to music you don't think about sad times oppression and that sort of thing even though that's what it represents right yeah that's going to be a hard sell yeah i've been uh i've kind of been exploring this in my own way so um i like to make playlists on spotify uh i'm super 
you know, mu- music's very important to me. So I like try and find stuff that's important to me. So I was last around this time last year, I was making a summer playlist of just like, oh, let's like stuff, something that I can play while I'm like relaxing and like go to the beach and drink margarita and stuff. And, you know, you kind of get drawn into like island music, Jamaican music mm-hmm. and reggae and rock steady and early ska and things like that. And now going back to all those songs that I already really, really love because they're amazing songs and realizing that most of them, if not all of them, are about these musicians being in some way oppressed or living in a shitty situation and making this kind of happy, danceable music to, to talk about it. it. Yeah, and, and, and get out of it for sure. Hello. So. Oh, well, we lost him. What? Go get a drink. Not you, Charlie. Charlie's frozen. He's frozen with a beautiful smile. Oh, you, you yeah, guys are both frozen for me. So, well, you're back now. If that makes you feel I hear you, but yeah, there you go. My internet connection is unstable. It's telling me now. Uh-oh. Uh oh. I don't know how that is. I'm the only one home. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, talking about um, plantations and that sort of thing, um, something Damon and I've been talking about, just being from Georgia, is Stone Mountain. Do you guys know about that? I have been to Stone Mountain. I know about I love nothing. Stone Mountain. I saw okay. the I saw the laser light show at Stone Mountain. It yep. was pretty incredible, honestly. It's fucking incredible. Um, Stone Mountain, Chris, is a, a very large uh, hill. It's a very large rock. Um, it's not a mountain. It's not big enough to be classified as a mountain, but they call it Stone Mountain. Um, and on the side of it, someone uh, is this commissioned. In the south? Yes. Also, another like not real trophy got it go on yeah right it's uh the three major generals from the uh civil war uh are uh, on horseback and they are uh carved into the into the side of the mountain um you can take a and it's it's a full park so there's all kinds of things going on there's an old car museum there's an old nickelodeon museum which is fucking amazing i was gonna say that sounds cool oh it is it's really cool there is a thing that you you can either hike up the hill and go up to the top of the mountain or you can take a trolley up to the top and see everything from up there there's a train that goes around it correct Mm -hmm. there's a train that goes around it it goes around the mountain and on top of that there's this huge flat field right in front of it so every night that it's open people sit out on it they have picnics and stuff of course they sell food and all kinds of things and there's a laser light show and at the very end they play elvis i'm getting goosebumps thinking about it talk about being indoctrinated they play elvis's uh, dixie and they do this laser light show of the three generals riding off the mountain with the lasers yeah it's it's... quite fucking amazing and on top of that they have an old plantation on the grounds it's the original plantation that was there on the grounds with everything set you can go through it they have people dressed up like the housemaids and and the owners and all Mm -hmm. that you can go through all of it and see it um it's a really interesting piece of history it's really questionable, but yeah. it's also privately owned, so nobody can do anything about it. I mean, that's factually inaccurate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's also in Georgia, so it's really hard. To, you'd have people, 
The, um, here's something else people don't know about Stone Mountain. Hey, so. whoever our other uh, watcher is right now, real question, which one of these posters would you like here to stay next week? Because the other one's going to be replaced with a random other wall scroll I have, and we're going to vote again. So let me know in the comments. Do it. Tell him. Um, yeah, it's, uh, what was I saying? I'm sorry. Stone Mountain is privately owned. Privately owned. In yes. Georgia. So not likely anything's going to happen. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, it's it's one of those things, and it's also the home of a lot of KKK rallies. They happen every year. the The biggest one that they do in Georgia happens on Stone Mountain every year. Yep, and I've I've been there. <laughs> um, another, okay. I forget I forget where we were. I I assume it was still in Georgia, but it could have been when we went to Pigeon Forge or something like that. But we went to one of those like uh, it's kind of like a floor show. It's almost like medieval times. Mm -hmm. except it was civil war themed so uh, one half of the audience is the confederacy one half is the union do you get uh, to pick does it have no. to be half it's, that sucks yeah you, you just you're sat down and they just just depending on what side you're, you're on sat, the great team <laughs> yeah exactly so um i was on the confederate side and i was just like sitting there and this was like i i knew what was pretty much going on i was learning about it in school at the time i was probably 12 or 13 years old and my stepmom was like all right so they're gonna pass the flag down and when the flag gets to you you have to hold it up stand up and then pass it on to the next person i'm like i don't want to do that can we He's like you have to like i don't want to like that's I don't like, want to be on Hitler's team. Exactly. And I'm just like, <laughs> and I'm like 13, and they're like, just do it. And I'm like, like what? Why is, why is this a questionable thought process to you guys? Know, right. So, uh, I mean, the, the show was cool. I'm sure, like, the people who put it on are talented. It was like a horse show. You know, they're, they're riding around doing all kinds of things. Uh, but I was not. Um, it, it was worse than the Blackberry Jamboree. Uh, which is in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, uh, where there's these animatronic bears on stage that sing to you, and it's a dinner show. That was not fun either. Uh, I laugh because I grew up with all this stuff, and to be older and look back and see how problematic after the fact, because as a kid, you don't know. Yeah. Yeah, so do you know about the monster plantation at Six Flags Over Georgia? <laughs> No, I do not know I'll about the monster plantation. You're invited, bear up to a picnic, bear up monster picnic, and humans are allowed to visit. And it's a monster plantation. It's a southern plantation in the swamp. It's run by southern monsters. And they're having a big party, and you're invited, and don't go into the swamp. And then, of course, the ride goes into the swamp, and then you're surrounded by all the big ugly monsters, and then then you when you leave of course it's got the big thing over you go through like a monstrous mouth it's a it's a boat ride okay and uh, they just in the early 2000s changed it to the monster mansion uh thousands monster mansion sure that solves all of it solves everything <laughs> Because there's still a big antebellum monster at the big beginning going, y'all come on in. It's good to see you. You know, oh <laughs> it's my terrible. God. This, this is fine. This is fine. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. And then to be 48 and look back and go, oh, this is not good. Mm, yeah. No. There is a, you know what? And the people 
for the people who have the ability to go, I have a lot to learn. I've learned a lot. I've come a long way, but I still have a long way to go. God bless them. Cause we do like you just, you never, that's the thing about writing jokes for me. That's been hard is I'm always afraid I'm going to write something accidentally racist because I might not understand the origin of what I'm of, of a term or a, a word. Right. Just cause you that, were raised in that environment. And exactly. so you have words that have meanings to you, but, but may not be what other people context has not been applied to it yet. Yeah. yeah. No. Uh, are you guys familiar okay. with wait 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 we're at 508 already <laughs> we've been talking for like 40 50 minutes already all right Yay. so we should probably actually kick this off so that when we start editing any of this we have a starting point i'll, I'll just move it to the beginning it'll be, it'll be fine oh well i don't know we'll just do it. do it do it do it let's do it in try at least so people know what's going on all right so Welcome back to another fine episode of Everything and Nothing. We're here with your hosts. I'm Chris Cox, and this is Charlie. I'm Charlie. Now, today's special guest is Portland comedian April Gallaty. Uh, also, so near as I can tell, uh, half a TikTok sensation. Half a TikTok sensation? I have a lot of kids that like me. Yeah. All right. I, they, I, I don't know. I do a lot of animal and plant, uh, like gardening TikTok. So I have a lot of kids that follow me. So, Right. Because it's just very nice, gentle stuff. But, yeah. you know, you also get real sassy. Sometimes. Uh, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's good to know. I, we'll, we'll definitely be April, checking how it out. Do we, how, do, how do people follow you on TikTok? I'm not on there. I don't know what the... You know what? Following me is really easy. Once you know how to spell my name and if they can see it there in the thing, that's exactly it. Just at April Gallaty. And that's TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, at April Gallaty. Sounds good. It's really easy. And that's my email or my uh, website too, aprilgallaty.com. Nice. We're going to find out if I know how to spell your name. Two L's, one T. That's correct. It rhymes with galaxy. Yep. G-A-L-L-A-T-Y. Perfect. Gotcha. That is now in the in the stream. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Boom. Now uh I do also want to start off, like I said, I want to kick off this episode today by awarding April here some goddamn points. Uh because about two months ago, we started getting a new segment on the podcast, uh, the mental health check-in. Okay. Now, this would never have occurred had April not bullied me one day into figuring out how my insurance works so that I would go and actually start seeing a therapist. It's good stuff. It is. That's, that is how you use your powers for good. Thank you. And I do just want to, uh, you know, some good friend points. Thank uh, you. I appreciate it. For, for helping me become... Honestly, like I'm already a happier version of myself. It's there are times it is frustrating and I feel very uh, uh, not happy about the work I'm having to do. Uh, <laughs> I get that. But at the I end of the that. day, I can tell that I'm making progress. So, so yeah, again, thank you. That's a You're bonus. Welcome. It's, um, you know, what a lot of people have. Um, misconceptions about what mental health help is and it's not always 
massive doses of heavy sedating medications. I think that's what people No, I'm on no medication at all. I'm seeing a psychologist who's certainly capable of prescribing them, but she's like, no, that's not, that's not what you need. Good, good. I'm glad, I'm (laughs) glad to hear that. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually one of the luckier ones. I'm on a low, the lowest dose of a just kind of a calming medication. It keeps my anxiety attacks under control. And yeah. I've got weed and that seems to do enough for it. <laughs> I'm about to take a uh, tolerance break starting Monday. That's why, Ooh. one reason why I was like, hey, I'll do this Saturday because I'm, I'm kind of tearing it up today. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got my silly putty ready. I'm ready to go. Nice. Wait, silly putty? Yeah, anytime I ever have to deal with addiction issues, I keep silly putty on hand because I just beat the uh, shit out of it. It makes me feel better. Yeah. Yep. It hey, works. Nice to have a system though. Yeah. Already in place. Yeah, it helps. I offer it. I tell everybody, anybody that goes, I'm trying to quit smoking or this or that, I'm like, get silly putty. It helps. Yeah. Right on. Something like that. The, like the, tips with April Gallaty. The stress. <laughs> Like the stress reliever balls, I love yes, those things. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah I, and have you heard of um, magic putty? Yes. Uh, no. Amazing. What's the difference? Um, there's a company out. I can't remember what it's called, but it, the the, uh, the it's called like magic putty or knowledge putty or something like that. And uh, they have the the one that the one that I like is uh, Crazy Aaron's thinking putty. That's it. You're right. Uh, yeah. I was saying it wrong. You're absolutely right. So they have many, many different kinds, including glow in the dark or heat sensitive, or uh, one kind is magnetic. So if you put like metal yeah. around it, it'll like absorb around the metal, like suck it. It's so cool. Yeah. Uh, really so cool. I have some okay, glow in the dark. These actually are pretty cool. I had a little can of glow in the dark uh, thinking putty, and I would just like pop it open, and just like mess around with it, make something, squish it back in. You know, just that's so fun. Um, he also does that same company also does like some of the kinetic sand. If you've seen any, any of that, oh yeah, oh god, yeah. This stuff is so satisfying. I like, yeah, I, and they I have super like that's like two different colors, and like when you twist it and pull it, it changes color. They'll have in there, it's glittery, it's real fun. Yeah, they they have all kinds oh, of yeah. fun stuff. Uh, so right here in Beaverton Craft Warehouse stocks a lot of the thinking putty um and yeah i'm sure you can find out other uh, other places but uh toy stores usually have a, have a thinking yep. putty area so yep. shout out to thinking putty yeah yeah thinking aaron's putty. thinking putty yeah definitely get, get through your addiction aaron be on the zero. podcast yeah <laughs> promote it uh anyway anyway so there you go okay so can i ask you a question chris Absolutely. And uh, Charlie, since you don't know me uh, very well, you are going to be a better judge on this. Oh, boy. I'm gonna sh- yeah, because I have a tattoo on my wrist, and I don't know if you guys know, but I have the Adams Family tattooed on my arms. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, like, I have uh, the stupid thing. Morticia on uh, this arm. Let's see if I can get her to. There, there we go. That's better. Oh. Morticia, and then I've got Gomez right there. Man after my own heart, that guy. Oh, ah! I'm knocking things out. Well, without anyway. hurting yourself, anyway. April. Anyway, there we go. <laughs> let me do something. You know what? It's these stupid settings. Let's turn that thing off. <sighs> Preferences. Let's see. How do you turn? 
see Damon showed me how to a oh, virtual background. Let's there you see. go. There we go. All right. So anyway, so I've got the house on the back of that arm, you know, and then if you I'll stand up and it's Gomez. Yeah, nice. there we go. And then Morticia. And I noticed from the original show. Yes, exactly nice. from the show. So the problem is I when I had this done 10 years ago, I had a noose put on my wrist. Ah. And now that's problematic and I can't decide what to do about it. Do you know what I mean? I don't know if I should mm. just cover it, get rid of it, not just hope things calm you know what i mean it's yeah. it doesn't it, in the no. context of horror it's a different thing but again it is a horrible thing we're talking about so. yeah and and why is it in horror because it is horrible and there's maybe some i don't know there, there, yeah why why did it get pulled into the genre yeah yeah exactly so that's where i'm at i'm actually thinking of having yeah. um a black bracelet put around my wrist and then have lace done up around my my hands so that it looks like i'm wearing a bracelet with lace on it that'd be kind of cool so that's the consideration i'm making Do, was, would you guys get rid of it if you were me oh i was thinking maybe you could, like turn into a snake or something slightly creepy like that or that's possible. A tail of some kind of monster, or I don't know. Yeah, that's possible. I have a girlfriend who's a tattoo artist. I'm going to talk to her. So, especially if I were from the South, right? I do think yeah. I would have to take into consideration the way all of that puts Looks. together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Regardless yeah. of what. Okay, I'm glad I'm not the only one that thinks that yeah. way. So, yeah, and that's that's the consideration I was making. And you're right. Like, you know, we were talking earlier about the jokes. Like, I don't understand if the, the sometimes I worry if a joke I make and a term or a statement I use has uh, negative uh, origins to it, how would I know? Well, this is like, where does that come from? Did, did the horror genre pick it up because of the lynchings that happened in the United States? Right. Well, and so a part of it, though, is that this goes back to basically, this is the reason I can't wear my hats, right? It, it, not not racism, hats? exactly. My fedoras that I like to wear. Oh, okay, yeah. No, but I wish like, you would again, wear witch hats. <laughs> as, soon as, as soon as I started wearing, or as soon as I stopped wearing them, I was instantly put on like four shows that month. As soon right. as I stopped wearing them. Really? And it's just because even if you know me, there's that thing in your head of how does You're the, the crowd fedora see him? Yeah, how does the crowd see that? Well, that's someone they automatically want to hate just because of that hat. Well, <laughs> if you go on stage and the first thing they see is the noose and then they hear that hey, accent, there's that's yeah. just there now. And yeah. that's that's not your fault. That's not my fault. That's just what the fucking world is i guess and you know what it's not even like the the noose was a decision that was made like i go home and like it was when the the i was like i want morticia i want thing i want gomez i want the mm -hmm. giraffe and i want the house and so all the other stuff around it the smoke the trees uh the candles and all that is the artist who did it that was his rendition and he goes oh i know he goes how about a noose he goes i need something around your wrist and he goes or do you want more smoke and i was like no break the smoke up and do a, a noose." that's how right, yeah just little was thought was put into it so i don't know it's a weird it's a weird situation to be in these days yeah who knew who knew I have, oh, oh, that reminds me. Uh, 
I have pictures of my bedroom when I was 16. Yeah, I had the rebel flag on on my window. And uh, I'm like, I, I got it's, it's I got to get it. I told David, I was like, oh, I got to get ahead of that one because I know I got girlfriends that's got that picture out there because, you know, we used to all hang out at my house. My mom was the mom that let us drink and smoke. So we all hung out <laughs> at my house. Yeah. And so, but I mean, like I said, I was 16. I was in the South. My brother brought it home and said, here you go. And I said, oh, I need a window covering. And, and you don't know. You just don't know until years later. And I hate that. I just, I do thank my lucky stars every day that, nobody ever thought I've never seen anybody do blackface and thank the heavens because you can't you cannot come back with like like at least with a flag you can go look I was 16 I didn't know but man that blackface shit that yeah you right. knew you knew back then when you did it you knew so fuck you <laughs> like, yeah. Fuck you. Like, yeah there's oh, yeah. never really been a time where that's like and, and that was kind of like the big one. And as soon as like, uh, Chris, I know you hate Christmas movies. Uh, that's why I love to talk about them. Uh, <laughs> oh, Chris, hey, Chris I'm hates Christmas. from North Pole, Alaska, where it is Christmas every fucking day, April. Yeah, 20 years of Christmas is too many years. Christmas. Chris, you know who else lived in North Pole, Alaska? Mr. Bob Ross, so don't even worry about it. You know that's true. Bob Ross is from North Pole. Well, he he lived well, there. I think from, he's originally he lived there. Yeah, when he's he originally did a from lot Florida. Of his, uh, shows. I I was also born in Florida and moved to Alaska. I have a lot in common with Bob Ross. I can see that. Good. I can see like you in like twenty years being like, eh, fuck it, let's just do Bob Ross. Like, which is yeah, I'm, we call it Bald Ross and happy little jokes. <laughs> That'd be great. To have been in a room as a fly on the wall when Bob Ross was a young man, um, because my grandfather was just as sweet and gentle as Bob Ross, but he was such a piece of of work as a young man. So I imagine Bob Ross was probably just as much a piece of well, work. I believe I believe he lived in Alaska. Man he was, yeah. I believe he lived in Alaska while he was in the army. Like he was stationed there, mm-hmm. and Air Force so, then. Probably. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. military of some kind, but. Uh, and he was like a drill sergeant or something like that for a, a minute. That's crazy. Um, Can you so, imagine getting yelled at by Bob Ross? No. It'd be like getting yelled at by fucking Fred Rogers. Like, oh God, what did I do? How about how how bad of a person am I? What did I? What? 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 Yeah. <laughs> My grandfather would just go, Michelle. I mean, really, at that tone, and I would fall apart. Uh, I don't know what I did. Like, yeah, it's the same kind of guy. Like, I didn't mean to be so evil. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Bob Ross. Uh fun yeah. fact apparently, uh Bob Ross lived one subdivision over from the house that Becca grew up in. Ah. Oh, that's cool. That's what we just learned on the on the uh on the Twitch stream. Did so okay, you this is kind of a weird thing. I I, I knew I was gonna be on the podcast today, but um this morning, like I woke up way too early and then like to get back to sleep, I was watching Bob Ross. I just put it up on the TV and like zonked out. But I woke up because he was saying, well, you know, I like to draw, I like to paint Alaska because I lived in North Pole, Alaska. And I was just like, hold on. I'm like, I know someone from there. That's crazy. I I feel like, um, I feel like the world would be a different place right now if Bob Ross, Mr. Rogers, and um, David Bowie were still alive. Oh, what about Prince? 
You'll leave out the black man? What's going on here? Well, it's not even, I wasn't even thinking in terms of music. I was thinking more in terms of like people who who were. I'm also going to about... bring Steve Irwin into this. Oh, okay, Steve yes. Irwin. All right. You can bring Steve Irwin. What a hero. Yeah. I miss Steve Irwin because he was always so nice. Yeah. We don't have enough of those kind of people in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, they died off. April, bring it down. Yay. That's fine. <laughs> well, no, because it is important. Like, okay, so like legit, we there was that post that was made a few days ago where I was like, be the Iro, because everyone should be an Iro. And then Ash was like, You're my Iro. And I was like, I'm I'm like legit gonna cry right now. Like this is the sweetest thing. I, I don't like, wanna I... I mean, okay. Can I just bring it back to Bowie just for a second? Because we, we brought up Bowie. Uh yes. he you know he was arrested from because when he was leaving Germany, he was bringing back a lot of Nazi memorabilia. No, why is it? Was he was he really into that stuff? I think he was more into the like how people can, like how like a dude like Hitler can kind of be seen as like this symbol. And at that time, he was kind of getting into the thin white Duke phase mm-hmm. and and stuff like that. I I don't think he was racist at all because later on he he publicly called out mtv on many occasions for not supporting black artists Mm -hmm. so i think generally genuinely he was a nice guy but you know we we do have to look at these like things that happened in the past because like i okay people can change definitely concerning (laughs) it is yeah it's just you know it's something to be aware of that i have to keep in my mind i do love david bowie i have such fond memories of david bowie but there, there's a there's a southern uh, differentiation of people who are into Hitler and people who are into World War II memorabilia. So right, <laughs> maybe maybe he was just into World War II memorabilia instead of. That's you see true. What I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> and and he was like he was living in Berlin at a very weird time. Obviously, you know this was still while the wall was up, and you know Iggy Pop was and him were doing a bunch of heroin in Berlin. It was just a weird time, so that was a weird. Yeah, I can't imagine that was a weird. I can't imagine what they were thinking. <laughs> That's I mean, a weird one, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, then he wrote Heroes, so you know. Did you hear his last album before he died? Yeah, it was a really good one. Yeah, I felt yeah, it's just like listening to Johnny Cash's like last album before he died. It was like uh, you can tell they're writing their their final opus, and it's hard to hard to deal with. Dude, yeah, writing when Johnny like covered Hurt, um, and like it was just after June had died. It was like, wow. You really are into music. You know far more than I do. Yeah, Charlie is a beast in so many kinds of knowledge. It you know is what? One of my favorite things about him. Oh, oh, Charlie, are you one of those people with just vast knowledges of information on everything? Yeah, yeah? just everything. He's oh. the everything. I'm the nothing. <laughs> I have a friend. I have a friend named Mike that we need to introduce to Charlie, and then let's see who well, knows more. So you know how I was hosting trivia for McMinimins. Mm-hmm. Charlie's how oh, I got to be hosting the, okay. trivia for McMinimins. All right, you've got all the answers. <laughs> yeah. I well, I wrote all the questions. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Now, uh, we did talk about it briefly at the top of the show, but one thing I do like to do on every episode lately is the mental health check-in. Okay. So, April, especially given the current climate, <laughs> how are you doing lately? 
can I just laugh maniacally? Uh, I'm okay. I mean, I'm sure you could do it very effectively. It'd make for a great clip. <laughs> um, hmm, I'm doing okay. I, I'm lucky. I'm one of the luckier people in this situation right now. My husband uh, works from home. He can stay home. Uh, his job's going nowhere. And we're, couldn't ask for anything better. So that is good. Um, so at least I don't have those worries. Um, but I'm an empath and I just, I feel pain. It seems like for everybody right now. And then I try to have those moments where I like, I'm toy shopping for a uh, Lacey Woods baby, you yeah. know, trying to buy, I'm buying toys for him and, and stuff like that to kind of, I guess, do something nice or to put some good pleasant. Into the world. yeah put some good into the world because you know yeah what, what does a baby know he doesn't know anything going on he just knows that life is good right now so that's the way it should be for him for a while so yeah that's what I try to do you know and I think I told you at the, at the top of it I personally have been going through a lot because I've uh, um, pushed all my family away and you know whether, whether you want to get into the reasons why or not, but I did after many years of talking with my therapist, it took several years, I came to the decision that it was in my best interest to not have contact with anyone in my immediate family and my husband's immediate family. So uh, I'm lonely, which is a weird thing for me. I've never been lonely before. I've always been around large groups of people. And uh, when I started doing this, I had my comedy family. And now it's, yeah. now I don't have that. And, um, and it's been weird. It's uh, me learning to be in my own head and feel my feelings and deal with them properly. And that's hard, but I'm doing it. And I'm trying to compensate by doing what good I can for the world and put it out there. That's yeah. how I'm trying to do it and do it while staying home, <laughs> uh, which is hard, but you know, yeah, that's the but hard that's, part. That's where I'm at. Good day. Some days, bad day. Some days. Right on. How about Sorry. you guys? Oh, it's my turn. Yeah. Um, well, so I'm back at work 40 hours a week, uh, in a restaurant and I, you know, we talk about this, I think every week now. To be but, fair, you deserve to be able to vent about these people every week. <laughs> yeah. So um, we yeah we opened up last Friday to customers uh, in Multnomah County, and um, so I went back Sunday, and and until Thursday they were not nobody was required to wear a mask into the pub. Uh, so you know parties of ten coming in, no mask, all hanging out commingling drinking out of something do you want me to bring up how hide is a piece of shit or are we just gonna gloss over that one no oh, we're definitely gonna have to talk about that at some point aren't okay. we um we'll, we'll get to that um but then uh yeah so that's been weird and then uh so i have friends who work at other McMinniman's locations and at the Kennedy School, uh, I was I found out or I was told that um, somebody tested positive that worked in the catering kitchen or in the kitchens, and then McMinnon's like issued a release like we totally like cleaned the whole kitchen and sanitized everything and flipped everything out, 
Uh, except I know someone who works there and she was there and she said that didn't happen. Like I saw it not happen. And that person works with someone I work with four days a week. So like, who knows? Um, You know, it's just, you start getting into that. Like how close am I to, you know, demise (laughs) or uh, I did go get a haircut yesterday. uh, Thank goodness. Um, I figured like, if we're all going out, this might be the last haircut I could ever have. So, like, I spent like I spent like fifty bucks on a nice haircut, and uh, and they they checked my temperature. I didn't have a fever. Uh, they were providing masks, which is cool because like they obviously do all their own laundry there, like with the towels and stuff. So like they already have the infrastructure to like keep sanitize that stuff. And I was required to keep a mask on the whole time, as was my stylist. So you know, I feel pretty safe. But, um, yeah, the haircut was really the what I was doing for my mental health this week. Is like, I'm going to goddamn just haircut. Some, just some kind of, like, physical contact for, like, five minutes. Dude. Like, just... You used, a, like, a safety razor on my neck. It felt oh, that so... that actually like, sounds great. So smooth. Just, he's just like, oh, man, I love your hair. I wish it, like, that's... I love getting the haircut, because every time I go get a haircut, they're like, man, I love your hair. I'm like, Thanks. That's. Oh, like, oh yeah. I'll take. I'll take the compliment. No, nobody says that about this for some reason. Oh. Hmm. Sorry, Chris. You have clear hair. <laughs> you guys see the video? It just came out like this last couple of weeks or something. This guy in, I think he's in China, but he he it, it was showing how this guy like designs really really real, realistic hair pieces for people who are balding. No, I haven't seen, seen this. And you just see like these people sit down and they've got like this you know got the, the the ring or whatever and this guy like takes saran wrap and like wraps it around their head and like cuts it to fit them and like designs this perfect Wild. hair and all these guys like walking out with like amazing confidence and it's like damn that's how it feels i have, I have a theory that bald-headed men people who go bald like you're supposed to go bald so you're gonna have a good head i don't understand why bald-headed men worry about thank you dear worry okay, about man. Hi, Damon. They said. Hi. Yeah, they can see him. Yeah, he's like, hi. Yeah, he can't hear you guys. But That's fine. I'm spilling alcohol, so he's helping me clean up my mess. Party foul. I know so, it was. I want to. I want to ask Chris because Chris, I know you know earlier before you uh, reshaved the 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 sides. Chris had decided that he was going to end up after the quarantine as Danny DeVito. Yeah, I was going to go full on Danny DeVito. Yeah. But uh, so there are multiple studies that show that if a man is bald, people like women find them more like attractive, more uh, commanding, more manly. Uh, and I was just like, I, and not to be blunt, Chris gets a lot more action than I do. So I think it's. <laughs> I mean, it, that could just be because I'm a horrible person, but I, I, I don't know. No, it, I, I think it's just because you lack actual confidence, not because people don't perceive confidence in you. You just, you don't, you don't put it out there. You do not have confidence in yourself, which you should, because you are a fantastic human being. I would not be friends with you if you weren't. Ask April. <laughs> I do not allow problems to continue to stay in my know, life. Right? Can't do so, it. And that's that's why April and I are such good friends, is because we were like, no, no, solid. 
boom. And that was it. Like, that's literally all it took. We saw like one moment each where we watched somebody, like the other one push somebody out and go, nope, that person's a piece of shit. They're not allowed in my life. It's like, hey, good boundaries. (laughs) Well, you saw, well, you saw me belly up to him though. So that was the thing. That's true. That's true. Uh, a mutual uh, contact in the Portland community, who uh, comedy community, who is not liked right now, uh, who saw that confrontation as well. Ever. Uh, who saw that <laughs> confrontation? Uh, he he seems to think that I scared you that day. I don't think so, but he says that uh, he he th- he thinks that you saw me jump at that guy and was like, "Oh shit, my parents are fighting," and ran out of the room. I didn't remember you leaving. I very well could have. I do not handle other people's confrontation well. Uh, if it's not actually becoming a fight, I don't know how to handle it. Oh, okay. Uh, if if anybody had swung, boom, I'm in. I know what to do then. Uh, but if it's just yelling, I'm like, Mm-mm, nope, I'm out. Nope, I want to part. Charlie, basically, I was in the middle of a competition, and the guy running the competition gave me weird rules that I couldn't I I wasn't following correctly and it fucked me up and I got I was I was very competitive in the moment and uh I I went into him like finger in his face like what the fuck you know and then he came back and then which just made me bow up harder and then I had to leave so we yeah two very southern people yelling in the middle of this bar (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, one male and one female, and neither of us backing down. It was no. weird. Yeah, it was weird. That's why. Yeah, I, I was like, Mm-mm, I ain't okay. I probably went outside to go get high. I was like, nope, I got to go de stress <laughs> okay. from this now. That Fuck must this. have been what it was. I, 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 at the time, <laughs> I didn't remember you being terribly worried about it, but <laughs> I remember us talking about it later, going, we don't like this guy, right? And we're like, yeah. So, yeah. If it wasn't for Chris, he wouldn't have gotten pushed out of the community. I just, I don't know. I kept asking people, like, what do you genuinely think? And that's what it took. And all yeah. of us would go, he's a piece of shit. And then after I was like, cool. So I've taken a census, guys. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you can all ask each other if you want, now that these lines of communications have been open, but ain't none of us like this dude. So. But there you have it. That's what it takes to get something like that done. And that's why this, this all the shit that's going on now and the Me Too movement stuff and all that's going on is because people just won't talk about it. They just, even I, I'm guilty of it too. I was just as guilty. I was like, look, I don't want to deal with this guy anymore. So I'm going to. I remember that. And I was, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Chris was like, no, we can't ignore it. We have to make it known to everybody and then as people started going yeah he's a piece of shit to me too then everybody's like oh he's a piece of shit to everybody well fuck this guy that's when that happened yeah because everyone was like oh i thought everybody just liked keith and i'm like no i've talked to all of you Hmm. (laughs) i was just gonna let it pass but whatever we've been doing so well yeah that's okay (laughs) you know what though this is tradition (laughs) on the podcast is to try so hard to not name drop and then fuck Oops. up. So, uh, so we're gonna keep going anyway. Queen of England. So well, yeah, I think this. I think if that if that's the if that's the the end end of uh, the end goal of this movie is to get or you know all everything that's going on. I think we're bringing a lot that's of true, that's shit true. to light, and yeah. I think the more we keep digging and the more we keep talking about it, we're like, oh no, that guy's a piece of shit. Oh no, that guy's also a piece of shit. There's a lot of pieces of shit. And maybe it's just because we've generated a system where you have to be a piece of shit to get anywhere, but that's I on us. So, yeah. You know, that's kind of fucked to up. To fix it then, yeah. 
Yeah. You know what I think about? I think about uh, it, it's weird. And, uh, you know, when I mention who this is, this person can be found really easily. I, and I haven't made the effort and I don't know if I should. But, you know, when the whole Me Too movement stuff came out and everybody was talking about it, and I'm just, I have stories too. And I was thinking about it and I was like, you know, there was a time back at the Bay Area Renaissance Festival, the BARF. And, uh, I had uh, squeezed the buttocks of a glass uh, glass juggler. <laughs> oh, all right. And I was rude. I mean, I was just like, ha ha, here's your tip. <laughs> it was Damn. rude. Get canceled. Rude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was rude. It was it was a sexual harassment. It really was. Um, and I think about that from time to time, and I'm like, I wonder if that guy got pissed off, or if he's just used to it, or and even if he was used to it, that's probably not right. You know? What yeah, I mean? it's not great either. But I mean, you know, people. But it doesn't make it right that uh, I did it because somebody else did it to me. So you know, we all have to. Uh, you know, and that's the only reason I think now that I look back on it, like, why did I do that? Oh, it's because that's what people did to me. I've been uh, I've been rewatching House, uh, which is some, oh, no. some, something I do for my mental health. I love Hugh Laurie. I love the show. The writing is excellent, except especially in the early seasons. And I think they tried to like fix it a little later, fix it a little bit. But there's a lot of, between House and Cuddy. Maybe it's tension, or maybe it's he's just really harassing this poor woman. She and, says it's harassment very frequently. Yeah, and there are times when, like, she then, like, turn, turns it around and kind of, like, agrees with him. Mm-hmm. Like, she's like, I've always thought my breasts are my best feature. And I'm just like, don't don't condone what, just, like, okay, who's living? And then... Um, well, to be fair, that's in the middle of a bet. And so that line is being taken out of context. But okay. also, yes, yes, yes. I hate that I've watched House so much that I know this, like exactly where that line is from. And I'm like, no, 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 no. There's a, a moment. There's an episode where like specifically this, this woman is, um, it's like she's the assistant of a woman who comes in to help a corporation like uh, let, let women kind of rise up through the ranks. And the whole time, the whole team is making fun of this woman who's like, well, you you know, you're just an assistant. So, like, you're, like, the secretary, even though, like, you're all about empowering women, but you're still just, like, a glorified person, you know, a glorified secretary. And he's like, oh, so, like, she, she refused, like, just making remarks about, like, how she's a radical feminist, but it hasn't worked for her. And it's like, come on, like. Damn it, I can't enjoy anything anymore. It's it is a weird show because they do set her up as his boss, but they continually let him uh have his way. Yeah. Yeah. Proving proving like, misogynistic points. Yeah. And and break medical rules and stuff like that. Left and fucking right. He does get a comeuppance though, which is a thing. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's uh, that was a good way to end it and and a good way to um kind of but even then, in the end, he's still happy. He's and, the good guy yeah. and gets right. like, yeah, gets. And, he, and, and sorry he's, for him because of his injury. And he saved like all of this, all these lives. And yeah. so, like Trevor Noah has been bringing up recently, like cop shows. Like we watch cop shows, yeah. and we love shows where the cop is willing to bet, bend or break the rules. 
And uh, and if we look at it now, like they're just beating innocent people to confess falsely and like, oh, we had to do it to save the whatever. And it's like, damn it. Can't watch have anything. You, have you seen, are you, uh, have you heard that Reno 911 is coming back out? Good. I've never seen Reno 911. Well, see, I didn't or, either. No, I'm sorry. Wrong one. I haven't seen Brooklyn 911. Oh, okay. Well, Brooklyn I have nine, nine. Bro- Oh, yeah, you're oh, right. It's Brooklyn Thank you. See what I mean? <laughs> but no, see, I, I remember had... Reno 911. Yeah. Yeah, and I had always seen, bit, seen bits and pieces of it, kind of like Monty Python, but I had never really sat and watched it. So Damon and I, when we found out that the Reno 911 was coming back out, we were like, well, let's start watching the old one. So we've got it, you know, we started watching it and then all this Black Lives Matter stuff came out in the interim while we're watching it and it's really uncomfortable. Like, I'm oh. like, how are they going to do this show now? I want to know because they are basically Reno 911 is the police glorifying in the humor is glorifying in the police getting away with the bullshit they get away with. Yeah, which I it's mean could be it. could be seen as like a satirism of the cop shows that glorify that. Sure. But yeah, it's still, like that's that's but it's still doing the thing. And, they're still, uh, yeah, they're gonna have to handle it in a different manner. I think that, like, because the way they were doing the satire before was just straight up doing it. Like, you gotta yeah. catch it that it's satire. I think they're gonna have to make it real clear that it's satire this time. Yeah, and I, so I, I was watching an interview with Terry Crews about Brooklyn Nine Nine, and he's like, "Yeah, I I hope there's a way we can come back." And that show has treated a lot of those kind of, you know, more sensitive topics they've always treated it with respect i think you know they they have a lot of people of color on the show and 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 try and represent all kinds of different um groups but yeah that's i mean how do you want i mean if you're not watching those shows now and and feeling weird i think there's something wrong with you like absolutely we should all be more aware of what's going on well, isn't like, it the same the point. thing as, yeah, well, it's the same thing as going back and looking at all the 80s movies. Oh, they're so rapey. So oh, rapey. My God. 80s movies are so rapey. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't, um, I found out, did you guys hear that Disney is changing uh, Splash Mountain's theme? Thank God. I was actually going to bring that up earlier, and I'm, I'm glad you now brought it up so that I can bring it up again. Yep. Yep, they are uh, they are changing Splash Mountain's theme. It was the Song of the South. Now get this: Splash Mountain was built in 1989. Correct. So they did a Song of the South ride in '89, even though they had already taken that movie and stuck it in the vault by '89. Now, what movie? It's called Song of the South. <gasps> you oh, don't know okay. about Song of the South? It, yeah, this is uh, when did it when did it come up? Probably came up the. 40s or something 40s i think yeah let me well see. yeah that would explain why i don't know about it um yeah it's it's an older movie and, it, and absolutely before we were born chris chris and i are 46. the same age 46, 46. yeah it, it was it was in the vault as they say um right. but so you know song of the south based on a book of stories which are of questionable origin we're going to fix that and um so other like I, I forget I, there's a wonderful video which I'll, I'll send to Chris so you can link it in the description. Uh, this guy called um, I can't remember his name. 
but he, he does a, there's a guy who does a, a YouTube channel called Defunct Land where he talks about Disney rides or oh. you know different carnival rides. And there was actually a Song of the South ride at uh, the original Six Flags, I believe. Um, really? In the 60s. And it was also like a boat ride, log flume kind of ride, but it, it, it was more like It's a Small World mm-hmm. and just all the scenes of Br'er Rabbit and, and Br'er Bear and all those. And and they left in kind of more the really questionable ones. And I'm thinking specifically of the Tar Baby. Really? Uh, which I, so I believe that makes it. <laughs> I'm that, sorry. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, okay, Chris, let me give you the story real quick. Okay. Please. So you know what the movie is about. <laughs> The movie is one of Disney's first cartoon and real-life crossovers. So it's a real-life movie with real people in it, and they have Disney characters uh, show up in it as cartoons. And the story is about an old so like slave. the first round of Roger Rabbity type shit. Yes, it is very okay. Roger Rabbity. Yeah. Um, it is uh, about a an old slave uh, named Uncle Remus, and he sits around and Jesus. he tells all the white children's stories about Brer Bear and Brer Rabbit. Brer Bear, Brer Rabbit, um, Brer Briar Bear is always trying to catch Brer Rabbit, and uh, Brer Rabbit does sneaky things to get away from him. There's supposed to be lessons in these stories. Yeah, kind of, almost Aesop's fables. Yeah, there you but... go you know for the south like in reconstruction times (laughs) so have you ever heard anybody say uh somebody will be like oh let's go do something and they'll go oh don't throw me in that briar patch well that is from the song in the south that means don't briar rabbit had no problem being thrown in the briar patch because that's where he lived so briar bear wouldn't go in it because it hurt him so whenever briar bear was like i'm gonna do this briar rabbit's like oh don't throw me in the briar patch so that's where that term comes from i've never heard this keep going Uh, oh yeah uh if 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 i'm not wrong uh this the the one thing chris would probably know is the song zippity doodah yep Mm -hmm. this that's from song and stuff Oh, I'd always wondered. Yep. There's a literally a little bluebird sitting on Uncle Remus's shoulder. He's, he's an like, animated bluebird. bluebird on my shoulder. That, that's from Song of the South. Huh. Yep. And uh, so the, the Splash Mountain ride is you watching Briar Bear chase Briar Rabbit around. And one of the famous scenes from the movie is Briar is it Briar Bear that gets thrown? No, Briar Bear throws Briar Rabbit into a tar pit, and then they uh, uh, feather him, and they call him Tar Baby. And he's black, and he's got the big red lips and the white around his eyes. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that happened. And that, that movie was made in 1946. They vaulted it. Uh, you can't buy a copy of it anymore. It's really hard to get a hold of. They vaulted it in the 50s or 60s. I mean, it was pretty quick. It was pretty quick that they vaulted it. Um, and then they oh. built the ride in 89. I used to think that the vault was just to make it so that you'd have to pay more to see it later. Mm-hmm. But now I know the vault's really to hide the raises bullshit that they can't get away with anymore. Well, yeah, exactly. there's a lot of that. And um just yeah just like what they're like one last time before it goes into the disney vault absolutely they did use that as a as a marketing ploy in the 90s i remember that Mm -hmm. now from the from the business standpoint um 
1989, Michael Eisner had taken over as the CEO of Disney. I did not know that. And uh, this was after the whole, uh, like the previous head had been like kicked out and Jeffrey Katzenberg then like split off and, and formed DreamWorks with Steven Spielberg. And Michael Eisner was like, well, let's get the parks because at that point, the parks were kind of old and needed some revamping. And um, so he's like, well, let's have like a cool like log flume ride. But what, you know, what can we use? And so the guy who designed Splash Mountain had definitely been to the original like Bear Rabbit ride at the original Six Flags. That's and, wild. And, and I, there's a strong possibility he was just like, oh, let's do that. We have a property that we can use. And it's, it makes no sense why it would be. I, I just, yeah, blows me away. That's but it was crazy. the most popular ride. And for a long time, and I'm sure people don't really know the implications, but as soon as you, again, it's one of those things, If as soon as you know what you're looking for, there it is. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know what, and it's really weird for me uh, coming from the South and the fact that my mom is from the silent generation. My mom is not a baby boomer. My, uh, I was born very, very late. My brothers and sisters are baby boomers, but I'm a Gen X. Right. So like growing up, I used to hear this, like my, my dad's mother didn't have a bathroom in her house. Like she had a, an outhouse in well into my teen years. Um, it's, I don't know. It was weird growing up around a woman who grew up on a cotton farm and uh, worked on one as a child with her family. And there were, uh, there were no slaves. This was well after that my mom was born in 36 but um she said there were still black people that lived on the farm and their children helped and played with my mom and she remembers being about nine years old and having uh her mom set her down one day and say okay uh the kids that you play with on the regular you can't do that anymore and they just at a certain point and that happened yeah and that happened to me too when I was 13 I was at 4-H camp I had my uh, 4-H counselor come and pull me away from the group I was hanging with and told me that I uh, it didn't look good the people I was hanging with because they were all black boys so yeah this this uh yeah it's still very prominent and this still happens in the south today I think I'm pretty sure of it yeah that was uh forgive me i'm not gonna try and guess your age but that was like in the 80s or so yeah i'm 48 okay yeah yeah oh i don't worry i'm, I'm not worried about it all but so yeah you were, born, you were born 72 correct i was born 72 very good no okay. so yeah my mom so yeah i've had experiences talking to people about i don't know it was weird like like i said when my parents divorced and my mom moved to the city i ended up in a half and half black high school so I hung out with a lot of kids of color and they came to my house and I, I do specifically remember going to my mom and going, I need you to talk to my bro- oldest brother or not my oldest brother, second oldest brother and dad and tell them when they come to the house, they're not allowed to say anything to my friends and be rude or call them racial slurs. And that was a rule in our house. Like you couldn't talk to my friends. Um, my mom, my mom is what I called a racist, but I'm not racist, but Mm-hmm. that's 
that that's a lot of southerners and i think um who was it i was listening to the other day i was listening to somebody the other day talk about how like you know if you go up to somebody and tell them they're racist of course they're gonna go no i'm not because just like i i and i really am starting to see kind of the the intricacies of it now like a lot of southerners they're not we're not raised to be the majority of us are not raised to be like okay here's the racist handbook and this is how you do it that's not how it's done um i personally do have members of the kkk in my family so i've seen the very direct message and how it's done but i've also seen families where it's not as direct like the dad's not in the kkk and um you know they're not they don't walk around calling people the n-word and that sort of thing but at the same time if the daughter made any indication she was going to date a black guy it would be there you would be pulled aside and talked to like and and most of the time i think from the 80s on it became the talk unless it was a very racist family it, the talk became your life is going to be hard and if you decide to marry somebody of color or have children of somebody of color their lives are going to be very hard and the things you're going to have to deal with so that's the way they discourage it is not so much we don't want you to date black guys but uh, your life's going to be real hard and they really play that up they really play it up so and you're like yeah because you're gonna make it hard you piece of shit It's like you're the one making everybody Stop feel it. bad. Yeah. So, um, situation. so next week uh, we'll have my dad on the show, and my dad lived. You know, my dad's from England, but he spent you know a number of years in Georgia, and um, it's just kind of a weird situation. So my my mom married a man from Mexico. Okay. And uh, my dad married a woman from Georgia. He was living in Georgia. And I just remember this one time I went down, um, they lived near Gainesville. And uh, this is one time I went back down after my mom had married uh, Gabrielle from this guy from Mexico. And uh, my stepmom, Christy, who's from Georgia, um, she's like, well, you know, I, I don't hate Mexican people, but and I'm like, okay, right away. Like, like, but- Again, I was like 13, just like, hold on. Wait, stop. <laughs> that's that's the end of the sentence, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I don't know if you've been to Gainesville, but like half that city kind of felt like, oh, look at this cool like arts arts center and like the downtown and all these like funky restaurants and stuff. We went we used to go to the, the Three Dogs Cafe. Mm-hmm. And like it was it was just so cool, but it was like then you cross the, the tracks and it was like this shitty area and it was just like immigrants and people of color and i'm like wow they they are solidly encouraged to stay on their side of the tracks yeah Mm -hmm. yep gainesville the poultry capital of the usa oh god is it gainesville florida or gainesville georgia gainesville georgia okay yep uh they have a had a really big mall and i went to the dillard's a lot I just I have strong memories of that Dillard's. I don't know why. Oh, mall life. Yeah, my stepmom's like, we're gonna buy you. All, don't like, just bring an empty suitcase. I'm gonna fill it up with clothes, and like, she would buy me just weird clothes. Wranglers and. Well, no, like I remember getting like this was um, kind of like late '90s, early thousands. I remember getting like a big Fubu shirt and like having never seen one before, huh. and. A, 
and it's like more traditionally like a like a hip hop oriented brand and you'd see a lot of hip hop artists wearing that brand and I had no idea and my stepmom wanted me to wear it I don't know she's like check out this cool shirt <laughs> okay all right there she you just go. wanted you to be cool man I guess so <clears throat> But she didn't know what it was either. So she just, she tried her best. But yeah, I, she bought me a lot of Tommy Hilfiger stuff. Include, I did have a pair of Tommy Hilfiger uh, overalls. And I never wore them because overalls are weird. In defense of Tommy Hilfiger, you. though, that stuff is usually pretty comfortable. Maybe not overalls, but like the rest of it. I do remember the jeans being comfortable, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I was like overalls really I, again this was like the early thousands we didn't know what the future was going to be like for clothes so we're just <laughs> like let's just make whatever i guess <laughs> i'm just glad the days of big hair are over that's yeah. a lot of work yeah <laughs> i'm sorry <Chris>. sorry Chris. <laughs> you're just pulling it this way yeah that's i don't know i think i think this is starting to get to like a bad spot now though i like it it looks it's, good it's yeah. almost in that it's almost in that like I, I think you might be at the tail end of like the awkward stage and it, it's got to fill in here a i just bit. need it to keep yeah doing what it's doing yeah i mean I, like, honestly I, we're I, starting I start to reach beard oil here i start getting this stuff and i'm like oh no that's gotta go and then i just shave it all off yeah <laughs> usually i keep things pretty tight against here and and fairly Low, but I've just been letting this go because I don't I haven't been going into the office until this last week um, <laughs> and even then like that's just because oh this week was actually really cool at work because I helped out with the new higher training class um, oh yeah and that's what I was doing for like the last three days of this week oh, nice and then I'm right back to being on the phones from home starting Monday so that's <laughs> gonna be that's awesome yeah uh but yeah, so this, I don't know. I think maybe we're like, if I start using beard oil, just because it frays this way in a weird way I don't like. And I'm right. like, if I can just get you to be one solid thing, like going this way, maybe I'll like you better. I don't yeah, know. try some beard oil for sure. This side of my, yeah, this right here always like veers off to the side. And I was yeah. like, what? Why? Like, <laughs> like, it just doesn't grow in right there for some reason. Because fuck you, that's why. Yeah. Damon has the thing where just this little spot right here, he has like a hole in the middle on each side and he has to let it kind of grow longer at the top to kind of fill it in. It's a, and I don't know about you, but like when I was growing up, like all the old men in my family, like this was back in the day before people really used beard oils and stuff a lot, at least back in the seventies and eighties, men didn't have big beards and wear beard oil, but the ones I knew that did, they would constantly be doing this. I think for the reason that you do it. And uh, they would always say, yeah, you just got to keep pulling on it. And then it pulls it out of the top. And you keep pulling, it makes it light. And that's why I'm bald on top. Like, those are old men things. Like, I always used to love <laughs> watch the old men in the family. Yeah, no, I definitely Lots. do a lot of this throughout the day. Yeah. And it's, I just hate all of this. I want it to just come this way. I want it to come this way. <laughs> yeah, I get a beard old. What do you shave your head with? Uh, I just get a razor and uh, hang on. Like if you use uh, what I'm getting at is if you use anything like special on to shave your head with, quit doing that. Use conditioner; it's cheaper and it's it works better than most head shaving oils. 
Oh, I mean, uh, yeah, I like shave butter is what I've been using. Oh, yeah. Okay. Damon, Damon actually got to the point. I don't know how we figured it out, but he just uses conditioner. He conditions his head and his face up with it and lets it sit for about five minutes and it just shaves off like a dream. But I, I always, like I always tell smells. dudes that because I'm like, yeah, don't waste your money if you don't have to. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good advice. I mean, I don't know. But if it we'll smells see. good, you know, there's always that. I mean, I buy an, an expensive perfume just because I like the smell. So that's good too. Yeah, uh, I stopped using shampoo about six months ago or so. Good job. And Most just, people can't do that. Yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. It's a little, I, I would like for a while I'd like let it go I, like your hair has protective oils you know that mm-hmm. it's supposed to have uh, and as long as I, I rinse it every day just to kind of get rid of the buildup but yeah. uh, since I've been doing that I've been going into the like, get my hair cut and they're like oh my god and I'm just like it's just what it does I don't know if it's, it's a, you got a really nice haircut so yeah I like it <laughs> Well, see, I do a lot of coloring to mine, so I damage my hair a lot. And then, but I have the ability to keep it the the bright colors all the time, even if I have like that much root, the rest of it's still bright. It's because yeah. I don't shampoo my hair. And then when I tell people that, they're like, "Oh, I can't do that." And I'm like, "Then you'll never have the bright colors." So sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what to tell you. My friend Emily Mtastic, who I would love to have on the show, honestly, if she would sit still long enough That's to do it. Name. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, her, her her name is Emily, but she goes by Mtastic, the janky Brit Lawrence, um, and she loves the color purple to the to the furthest degree of I've, I've ever met of anybody. So she dyes her hair purple quite a lot. And purple I, people. Yeah, she is a purple. There's there used to be a purple store in Seaside, and uh, she basically kept that thing in business. <laughs> I think there is now one in Seattle. Uh, just purple everything is it's really incredible. I have I a it. younger sister that is super into purple, but Josie is like everything. If you if you're gonna get her a thing and it has the option of coming in purple, just get her the version in purple. <laughs> Save everybody some time. It's <laughs> I get that. I'm the same way. It's purple and pink for me. And the only reason I don't have purple headphones is because they didn't have them, so I got pink. <laughs> so. But I was with her the first time she got her hair dyed purple because uh, it's naturally brown. So she had to like, you know, bleach it. it first and then purple in. So, I, yeah, I wonder if like cause I know she has to to uh, reapply fairly often. So I don't know her hair care regimen. I just <laughs> the purple well, hair. A lot of people don't realize is that the, the deposit, the color that the, these for these colors, that there's no chemicals in it. It's just a stain. So you can put it in your conditioner and that also helps. So you can condition oh, wow. every day and keep your hair and it won't hurt your hair. That's so, awesome. Yeah, there's no there's no stripping chemicals in the color. It's just a deposit. So Yeah, we've 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 covered a vast array of topics from hair Everything care to systemic race. We are that's this is the marker of a good episode that we hell oh, yeah i feel like i talk too much i know you've invited me to a podcast and you're like you're supposed to talk on a podcast but i always yeah. feel like i'm i'm a i'm a, I'm a very dominating personality oh, no, no, no. We're, we're super lazy about our podcast 100 percent. We, we just love when, when people want to come on and just talk about shit yeah i've yeah. been loving work? the people i've been selecting for my uh my, my people lately because we just sit here and go uh-huh sounds great uh-huh. 
Awesome. <laughs> yep, no, <laughs> I uh, I do though want to talk kind of bit and like gloat about uh, uh, how work is going though, because that is actually please, being please, because like, really I I want to yeah. know. Yeah. So for one, I do work for the Mars Corporation, uh, and so I do get hella cheap candy, and so now I've got like a box of peanut butter M and M's in my room, which is fantastic. If I was going to have to risk going <laughs> into the fucking office, uh, I'm very happy that this was an option I had. Yeah. Um, well, and so here's the thing. When I first started with this company, um, they asked me, they were like, hey, where do you want to be in like three years? I was like, let me think about it. And they were like, cool. We like that answer. And then I came back and I was like, yeah, I would like to be the trainer. And in fact, I would like to do that within the next year and a half. And they were like, what? And I was like, yeah, I would like to, I would like to be the trainer for, for this department. And they're like, why? And I'm like, because it's Goals. being done wrong. So and they're like, what? And I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> and I explained some things. So last new hire training class, they had two people sit with me and just job shadow me for a day. And then it turned into two days. And then it turned into, by the end of the third day, two people would sit with me in the morning and then two different people would sit with me at the end of the day. And I was like, okay, what is happening? And they were like, well, okay, so here's the fun thing that happens. You have a specific way that you explain the cancellation process and we <laughs> kind of really want all of our new hires to learn it. I was like, oh, well then let me just write it out for you. And they were like, what? I was like, yeah, if you have listened to these you know that they come out exactly the same way every time because i do the same thing for this job that i do for my jokes each word has been carefully picked apart so this is one clear and concise thing i have created and i'm like yeah i can just send this to you guys this is written down already here's an email <laughs> print this out give this to them and so this time they got a new hire class and then the first three days or the first two days were with the person who normally does the the training like for each year right now like that's that's the person who has the job of trainer um and then for the third day she was helping people get their desks set up out of the room and we were doing live listening on calls and so she would just leave me there to basically teach the thing and so anytime they'd have questions about why did they do that what is happening here right like i was the dude and at some point there's this 42 year old asian lady in my class and she's like i like i like how you teach and i was like well thank you but what do you mean by that and she's like you are very very kind but you're very firm <laughs> i was like i don't i don't feel like i'm being firm at all i'm sorry if that's how it's coming out and she's like no 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 it's good it's good you have things that just are fact. There is no question. They fact. And I was like, oh, yes, that I do. I do do that. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's just nice to see that, like, people are actually enjoying the way I teach. And I've been able to explain things to people in a way that the person who currently trains them was not able to. We had, like, three people that couldn't explain the cancellation process back to me. I was like, fuck that. Mm -mm. We're going to focus for a minute before you take any more calls. We're going to fix that. Because if you can't explain how it works, then there's a problem here. So... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's so the benefit just, of teaching, I don't know, it felt too. honestly fantastic to be up in front and doing the thing. 
That's good. That's good. Well, you are. You're very good at, at uh, explaining things. So that's that's a good point. That's that's a good job for you. Excellent. I'm happy for you. Hello. Hello. Okay. What's going on? I'm back. I have no idea, but it restarted itself all on its own, and uh, we're back. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> well, I was saying I'm happy for you. Yes, you're good at explaining things. And I think, uh, yeah, that's a good that's a good position for you. I found that if you teach something, it just solidifies it in your brain better anyway. So. Maybe yeah, just absolutely. I've, I was... Internet problems. I kind of learned that very early on. That's what's happening, guys. Uh-oh. Internet problems. Uh, I was taught by like, all my, like, music instructors and stuff that, like, if you can teach something, yeah, then you understand that you like you can understand that concept um, enough to to get that across to somebody. Right. Then you no, un, you know then you obviously understand it yourself. Yeah, Chris, you're frozen singing? again. We can hear you. We can hear you, but can't. You're not moving. We're gonna dance while we're waiting on Chris. Sounds good. Yeah. Do you do you know what the Connecticut schools of broadcasting are? No. Okay. There is, um, you know how, like, when you're, uh, oh, Charlie Hickmott is the host now. Apparently, I'm the host now. It's just you and me, Charlie. Oh, oh Chris Cox no. is back. Here he comes. And he is the host now. Chris. We're going to, oh. oh boy. I'm starting to think that I'm having an internet problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought my connection was unstable. Can you hear me, Chris? Yes, yes, I can. It looks like people are still moving. This is great. We're back to green on the latency. We're back to yellow. We're back to orange. We're back to red. Oh, God, no. (laughs) Wait, there's a latency button that just tells you? Yeah, it's in um, uh, OBS. Oh. Yes. Uh, (laughs) I see. I see what you mean. Anyway, you were talking about the Connecticut... Schools of broadcasting. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. So, okay. So, yeah, let's, uh, I guess I'm going to turn off. Okay, Chris, do you want to hear that one of the crazy stories about Tampa just before I came here? Absolutely. All right. Do you know what the Connecticut Schools of Broadcasting is? No. Okay, CSB, Connecticut Schools of Broadcasting. It's one of those things where you see it on television during the day and it's like, are you looking for a career in radio and television? Do you want to be a broadcaster? Come to our school. Okay, so I went to the Connecticut Schools of Broadcasting in Tampa. I I would absolutely have done that. Yeah. So what happened was, is I had to do the whole loan thing. You know, you get the loan to, to attend the school. And, um, and then afterwards, you know, they, they guarantee that you get a job. Um, I actually did get a job at uh, WWBA 1040 AM in Tampa. Wow. After, after, uh, I was a board operator for um, um, uh, Lars, not Lars Larson, um, Mark Larson. I was a board operator for Mark Larson, and uh, I used to have to run it for um, Sean Hannity uh, when he was, when he, you know, we would do the, the live feed, so Sean Hannity would be doing his show, and I would be in Tampa. Oh, right. And, and uh, I did that for him, um, Michael Savage, and a couple of other, like, t- you know, the, so 
Terry Shavo, do you know who that is? Yes, I do. Okay, so Terry Shavo is dying. She was in Tampa, if you don't know that. And I was working at the radio station after working at the Connecticut Schools of Broadcasting. And I'll tell you why I brought that up. Um, But um, fucking Sean Hannity showed up at our radio station a week before she died when they took her off life support. And he fucking did the countdown to her death at our radio station. Holy shit. What the fuck? Absolutely. And they did it wholly from the perspective that they're like, I don't know if you remember what was going on, but basically Terry Chavos uh, had a heart attack. Her, she went brain dead and her husband wanted to have her taken off life support and her family didn't. Um, finally, after just years and years and years and years, the husband finally won the right to take her off life support. But that means she dies a slow starvation. And uh, they just take her food and water away from her and they let her die. And um, Sean Hannity came to Tampa and he sat and talked graphically about this woman's slow starvation every day from the perspective of the, you know, the Catholics and the Christians and how this guy was a piece of shit for letting his wife die like that. Yeah. But but surely if she was a good Christian. Broadcasting. I don't think she had it really what it what it all boiled down to was when she um died or when she got sick he years later met somebody and wanted but you know and then the family just thought it was horrible and all this other stuff but um yeah the, the Terry Shavo stuff is a whole other thing but um that he is Sean meeting Sean. I have a picture of me and Sean Hannity. Uh, meeting <laughs> Sean Hannity was interesting. Um, but I worked it because I took that job because I went to school at the Connecticut schools of broadcasting. I became friends with the guy that ran the school. And so I was working there. That's how I got into doing podcasting. Cause I was doing podcasting back in the late nineties, early two thousands. Wow. Um, back when it was just me and us, um, uh, uh Seth Green. It literally was just True. me and Seth Green doing podcast. Oh, and Adam Carolla. Adam Carolla was Adam the second Carolla, one. Yeah, I remember. And uh so we were so I was going to school there. I was working there and I got that job. And Charlie, this is how it all comes around. I got that job because I could explain the equipment to everybody and how to run it. And so by teaching it, I learned it better. But that's what brought all that around to me. But <laughs> Yeah, what was funny, though, is is the guy who ran it, his name was uh, Ron, and Ron was, okay, so Ron was running it, and then there was another Tampa radio DJ who was the assistant manager of it, and I was one of the admins at the place, and, uh, oh, man, money-making business, like, once I got in there and got into helping them bring in more students, holy shit, the rip-off was incredible, and so I was just, it, there were times, like, Ron, I had an old, um, I had an old treadmill I was trying to get rid of, and I wanted, like, $200 for it, and Ron's like, go put it on your check, so he just comes to my house and picks up this treadmill and puts an extra $200 on my check, right, so CSB paid it, so, <laughs> So cut to, uh, I just, Damon gets the job here in Oregon. We move out here. We hadn't been here a week. I get a call from Ron and he goes, Hey, um, I had a problem with my W2 and uh, he goes, can I have it sent to you? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And I gave him my phone number. I, and my address, I didn't think anything of it. And the more I sat and thought about it, I thought there's something going on. I mean, he, he had already proven to me that he would do 
kind of shady shit so i actually i actually called the assistant manager i told him what was going down he goes when you get it can you send it to me he goes because we're investigating him for uh siphoning off shit tons of money off of csb they went out of business partly because of this guy it was out of the tampa office and all that happened yeah um speaking of speaking of crazy embezzlement i've i've kind of got a story that's vaguely related to uh, to everything that we've been talking. Well, not everything, but we've we've been talking about. But um, and nothing. My stepmom in the in the Georgia in Georgia in the South mm-hmm. uh, was a caterer, and she's she's a massively talented cook, and like real like she she really had like great Southern cooking, but that was actually like vaguely good for you. She's like really good ingredients, and it was still you know. I I wonder, April, if you know of the dish that is butter beans. Oh yes. Yeah, and and Chris, I you would probably love butter beans because you know what it is. It's right there uh, in the name. It sounds like butter and beans. and beans. And beans. Yeah, that's that's it. And that sounds doable. So anyway, so she, uh, my stepmom, kind of that's set up a, a catering business, and she was, uh, you know, she she'd get catering jobs and stuff and my dad would help out and I got to go and and see this uh some sometimes now my stepmom's mom I'm not going to use any last names because you can find this person but uh or any names at all but my stepmom's mom would hire her because she was like HR department for this kind of big distribution company or publishing company kind of thing so hire her own daughter for catering events and um, it only came out later that when she was doing that, she would like be approved for like $2,000 for the catering gig, take half of that for herself, oh. give half to her daughter. And, and besides that, she was, you know, she was also in charge of the paychecks and stuff like that. So she was embezzled, she embezzled over $2 million uh, wow. over, her, over her career. And like, everything in their home they had a, a big home and they had lots of new furniture and big tv all the time and new clothes everything in their home was repossessed and she went to prison for several years um and it was it was just such a weird situation like how could you possibly like from your own daughter first of all like taking little food out of the mouth of your grand grandkids right and um and we all thought like she was such like a like a, just a kind like old southern woman and uh her her husband ron uh worked i'll, I'll say ron's name because ron was funny but but ron worked at ron worked at wrigley's at, at just kind of like cleaning up the floor the factory floor wrigley's gum <laughs> and he was just this kind dude but pretty not all there kind of thing and uh, he just, he had no idea. He just kind of assumed that the money came in from her job or whatever. But, you know, they all they had nice, nice cars, nice clothes, nice furniture, all this stuff. And I mean, if, you don't have, if you don't have any like illegal activity going on, like right under your nose, if yeah. somebody works a regular job, you just, I, I, he probably just didn't even think about it. Right. Exactly. And it's just, it's a little, it was silly. So, um, we we all kind of thought that like Gail will go to prison and kind of reform it and and be um, she would come out a different person like because she was this kind of 
older, kind of seemingly fragile southern grandma kind of thing. She came out, she was the exact same. <laughs> and then her daughter hired her for like uh, this new company to work on her factory floor because how else is she going to get a job at her age? Right. And, and I just remember I was last time I was down there, uh, she called on the speakerphone and she's like, Oh, Christy, I, I feel pretty sick. Uh, I, I threw up this morning, but I can still come to work. It's like, you work with food. No, absolutely do not come no. to work. Yeah. Like, well, I could just work close to the sink, and then when I need to throw up, I could just throw up in the sink. Like, no. No, Sam. Stop it. Go home. It's just, oh. mm, one, one, one quick aside about Ron is uh, Ron thinks that boxer shorts are like normal shorts that people wear. So he wears boxer shorts over his underwear. And that's like an outfit. It's just like tank top, underwear, boxer shorts. Okay. Uh, to be fair, some boxer shorts do seem like they could be. So Yeah, I, I yeah, guess so. Thick enough, I guess. I mean, if they're not like the white ones my dad used to wear, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, these are no, usually like, like Rick and Morty fucking print, or no, these, these weren't like these or... weren't like sleep shorts or basketball shorts or anything. I mean, they were like short. They were thin material, button fly. Like they had the kind of like that light stripe on them, you know, like our grandpas used to wear. Yeah, something like that. So interesting, interesting people, but massive embezzlement <laughs> stories. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. I, I, I'm so glad to have had you on the show because we can explore this kind of like this, this embezzlement, my, yeah. My my past uh, my Georgia past. <laughs> I, I like for about 10 years I would spend at least a couple of weeks there every year or so. And it's a it's a world all its own, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I, oh, yeah. I was like coming from Washington State, living in like near Seattle. Oh god. And, and then you go down and you're just like, what is happening? <laughs> And it's, it's a different set of rules and the way people handle themselves and you can't trust. That's the thing I tell people when you go to the South, never trust a person's face that they give you right up. Like yep. the person you're talking yep. to is not the person that you're dealing with. Um, if you don't know a person, you don't know who they really are. Trust me, you don't. Um, and that's why grandmas can embezzle lots of money. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah, the, the, my, my favorite time i spent there was in savannah uh savannah's a great city it was just because it, it was yeah it was super cool to go around and, and see everything but that was yeah that's about the best i can say about it. yeah well i mean people think i'm kidding but the truth of the matter is we're taught very young from from very very young that we do not show our true feelings to anyone uh, you keep a smile on your face at all times in public. Now, what goes on behind your doors, that's a dip. You don't talk about it, but that's a that's, whole different That's world. your business. That's your <laughs> business, yeah. So that's why you can find somebody who's a sweet little grandma and she's embezzling money and making um, fake $100 bills in her basement. <laughs> My grandmother had a saying. I've, I've thought about this a lot for over the years. And I've wondered how to make this into a joke. Because it really does sound like a punchline. But my grandmother really said this. She said that you can hug somebody and stab them in the back. And if you do it right, they'll thank you and they'll walk away while they bleed out. And I'm like, well, uh. how, how do I use this information? Like, 
<laughs> what what does this mean? Does this mean I need to be cold hearted? And uh, you, do you know what I mean? Like, how did she expect? It me means to that you can be. <laughs> she just you wants know? you to know that this is an option you it's have. An option you have. Well, it's yeah. an option everyone has. So be careful who you're hugging. I guess. I guess. Yeah. I guess there's that too. I mean, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird thing to think about. It's that whole Southern hospitality thing. It's a, it's a double-edged sword because it is very nice. Southerners are very nice. And if, Absolutely. They are, if they're prone to be nice to you, they will feed you. Uh, hey, Chris, they will feed you, get you high and then knock you out the door. Right. <laughs> Maybe I've never been to the South. Oh, you've been to my house, and what oh, did yeah, I do? That's true. I fed you. I got you high. <laughs> and I kicked you out the door. I was like, "Have a good day." Yeah, I just I, I had to go take a nap in my car <laughs> before I went and I drove home. I didn't realize I had gotten you so snocker. I'm so sorry about that. I still feel bad about that every time. But that's just the way it is. Yeah. But if they, if they're Southerners are prone to be nice to you, you have the best of everything. But if they don't like you, they're still going to be nice to you, but they're going to be doing some shady shit behind your back. Yep. Yep. That's pretty much, that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, I remember going down. And uh, it, this was, must have been 2004 because I was going down. I was coming from, so at that time I was 14, 13, 14. And I go down and we're getting ready for the election. And my, at that point, my four and three and four year old sisters uh, were trained. So uh, whenever any adult would ask them, who are you going to vote for for president? And they'd say, George Bush. And she, what I'm just sitting there like and i look at my dad my dad's you know a pretty you know fairly liberal guy he's from england and i look over and he's like i don't know and i'm like okay <laughs> so they got you that's what you're saying dad yeah. and we, get to, we, we could love to talk to him about it on next week's episode which is i'm gonna definitely have to listen to that one <laughs> That's right. Chat in at. Oh wait, next uh, next week is going to be at a different time, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, uh, let's bring it up now. Normally we start at five p.m., but due to time zones and how those work, we're going to be yeah. doing a ten a.m. because because he is eight hours ahead of us, and I also have to work that afternoon, so it kind of works out. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll watch it later. There you go. Uh, yeah, find it yeah. on on Twitch. Uh, Chris comedian, or I'm sorry, uh, Twitch TV slash chris comedian smirk studios inkcom slash chris comedian slash chris comedian or uh you know eventually on spotify <laughs> also true oh, you, you don't get to watch spotify? the whole thing huh you're getting on spotify soon no oh, i mean this every episode goes on spotify eventually oh, i didn't know that oh that's cool i didn't know we're, that. we're like i'm like a week behind on the spotify but because we have it up in video form other places it's like we'll get there yeah Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah we, yours so, we, will be not this coming Wednesday, but the next Wednesday is when this episode will drop. All right, right on. So, well, to Spotify, it's on Twitch immediately after we finish this. Yeah, but with no editing, it's just <laughs> it's just I what we did. I know. You know, I I really. I'm being very lazy about doing my own podcast. However, I did contact Romy Wood about making me an intro for it. Yeah. I wanted a cute little country ring, ring, ring type of 
intro for it just because it's a stupid accent of mine. So, <laughs> yeah, you've got a lovely twang. I, uh, oh, well, thank you. I cannot get rid of it, dude. I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried. I got lucky that Alaska doesn't come with an accent. Well, here's the thing, Chris. It kind of does. I mean, it's... Well, yeah, I guess it's closer to, like, what, Minnesota or Wisconsin? Yeah, some of that, for sure. Um, well, well, the thing about it is, is anytime you talk to somebody who has an accent, you got to remember you have an accent to them. Yeah, it's it's not everybody else has an accent. It's that everybody speaks differently. That, that's what I was kind of thinking about that, too, because... Um, I was watching an interview with Hugh Laurie, who, you know, is from England mm-hmm. and he puts on an American accent and they're like, wow, you really got rid of your British accent. And he's like, no. Sorry, there's someone at my door. Uh-oh. He's like, no, sorry, no. there's somebody at my door. No, get the fuck out. No. I'm leaving. <sighs> yeah, at least he left weird. us with Doge. What's that? At least he left us with Doge. That is cute, Doge. Yeah. My room looks like I can, like my head could get cut. Like I don't know, it's weird. Yeah, it looks like you're about to like hurt yourself. Like it does, the, but like, it's, it's not. About... It's much further from me than. It oh looks. yes, yes it it's, is. It's much much further. That than is it definitely uh, an illusion that's going yeah. on. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, it looks like it's like right here, yeah. and you're about to. Back. To do that, I would have to do. See, it's way back here. Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird room. It's like it's like the mystery house in um in San Jose, California. Yes, I love that place. All, all the weird angles. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to go places someday, guys. Someday, Chris. Have you heard of it? No. So in San Jose, California, there's the Winchester Mystery House. Uh, it was owned by a woman named Sarah Winchester, and she was the wife of the man who inherited the Winchester rifle. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, Winchester Rifle Company, and uh, her daughter died of um, some some common disease. Charlie, do you remember? I don't. She was probably it was early uh, early nineteen hundreds. Died of uh, some common childhood yeah. disease. Yeah, it, it could have been the the nineteen eighteen outbreak. Honestly, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. No, it, it wasn't because she was stuck in the tower of her house in the nineteen oh eight earthquake. Oh, that's right. Okay. So, uh, so it was before then. Anyway, her daughter died of a common childhood disease that kids don't die of anymore. And then um, she felt really bad. It, did, it really upset her. And then, of course, her husband got sick and he died. And then she uh, got approached by a medium who came to her and said that she was basically paying for all the lives of people who died at the hands of a Winchester rifle. And so the way to appease the ghosts was to continuously build on her house, to buy a house and continuously build on it uh, and build hidden rooms and things like that for, for the, for the ghosts. Right. That's what she did until she died. Yeah. So there's staircases that don't lead to anywhere. Um, I remember there's one staircase that leads down and there's a huge mirror on the other side. So it looks like another staircase going up, but it's really just your reflection. And 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 for the time, it's so creepy. Yeah. Yeah. It was very creepy. There's a, there's a full like three story drop off the, off a, out of a bedroom door. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Like, so you've got to know where the doors and stuff are. You can't just 
walk around. There's a room that has no doors and it's really, if you do the tour, they'll take you into it. And it's really cool because they'll take you into this room and everybody's just walking and looking around and then the door shuts and then you realize you're standing in a room with no doors. <laughs> and it's like what the holy hell you know and you got to know how to get out so yeah it's it's a really huh. cool place and she uh was she and she would sleep in a different room every night so that the ghosts couldn't find her there's 13s all over the house there's spiders all over the house um when she died all the workmen who worked on her house just laid their tools down and stopped and they're still there today and yep. uh, uh, there, the whole basement is just full of like Tiffany glass and um, gold nails, and just like she was insane about. It. You should look it up. There's pictures of it. Um, no, I just want to go see it. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. Uh, what is it? Uh, one of the presidents went to see her. He wanted to come to her house, and he uh, he knocked on a door that she doesn't answer, and she wouldn't answer it. And you like, gotta go to a different door, buddy. Yeah, and they're they're like the president's here, and she's like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's yeah, there's the Winchester, Winchester Mansion, but there's also the Mystery Spot, uh, which is oh, I've heard of that. It's nearby, and I think I actually probably went there on the same day. We were down visiting some friends, and um, you can go, and it's it's one of those houses where like they built it at an angle so that you feel like you're walking downhill but you're actually going uphill or whatever it is and it's like they're like water runs up uphill here but it's just because you there's no horizon there's no trustworthy horizon so you can't tell right where everything's are so kind of like your angle there oh uh, yeah it throws everything off yeah yeah it's like you're like wait where what's going on so I do look like i'm in a much smaller space than i am so right because i've been up there i know that this is like a it's a pretty decent sized room (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah the uh, yeah our office is a huge room yeah yeah we um i don't know charlie has, has he chris told you anything about my house no no uh we bought a house that was built in 1903 and because there was some sort of uh flood or whatever in portland in the 20s the a lot of the original paperwork and stuff on this place is lost so i don't have it um and it's been built on by every person that's lived in it and you can you can see the discernible spots where people have like okay they lived in this part and then somebody added this and then somebody added that and then somebody so damon and i built the basement into this house so now it's three stories instead of two but it's just a really weird old house like i'm in an attic our attic is our office and it was our bedroom before we got the basement built and yeah it's a, and it's in downtown it's in like northeast Portland. wow yeah the previous owner died i didn't know this but uh when here's a little tip for anybody out there looking to buy a house and i know like a lot of people are like i can't save up to buy a house and all this other stuff start watching your obituaries and uh see the houses that um people die in that families just want to get rid of them they can't sell them and they will they will hand it to you for nothing wow yeah good good tip yeah solid it's it's um it's kind of shady but it it, for us it was an accident i mean i just happened to drive by it one day and i was like oh house for sale let's check it out and the family if they hadn't indicated to us that the previous owner had died we wouldn't have known we would you know we would have offered them whatever it was you know whatever it was valued at but because somebody had died in it it knocks a good punch off the price 
So it's a good way to, it, it, did you know, ah, uh, the house in um, John Wayne Gacy's house uh, was knocked down and they built a new house on top of the space and uh, they are selling the house and they can't sell it. Interesting. I, yeah. I, Chris, this is like two two episodes in a row, two weeks in a row. We've been talking about like haunted shit and ghosts, and I kind of love it. Like, can we, we are, keep- look, we are absolutely about keeping the spoopy all the way through October, especially if I don't get my goddamn Halloween this year. Uh, well, you're going to have, you guys come over to our house for Halloween because, That's true. like, all this, right. Like I live Halloween twenty four seven. We will uh we will have a special Halloween episode. <laughs> that for... would be fun. That would be. I'm fun. absolutely in for that. All right. You're oh. you're totally invited. Yeah. Look, the Gallaty House is a lot like the Adams Family House. It's that sounds ideal. That sounds awesome. It's pretty. That great. also means there's rooms where you could die in them, but. That's I mean, every. That's everywhere. I'd rather die in a cool, spooky house than a shitty apartment. This is why we love Charlie. <laughs> I just imagine Charlie's mom. Like the last thing she sees is Charlie going, <laughs> <laughs> and then she just disappears. My my mom. So we were kind of lucky. Worth it. Growing up, because my my grandparents have this property great for ratings. North North Seattle, uh, north of Seattle. That's uh, up, like these two houses on this property on the lake that were built by my grandmother's family, and one was like a duplex, and that's the house I grew up in. And then another one is kind of like was the property house that like the the owners would live in, and that's where my uncle lives. So like I grew up that close to my aunt and uncle and my cousins on this property that's like on you know maybe a third of an acre next to a lake Mm -hmm. so like that's my dream is to like have a cool house like that and 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 it's like and yeah what we had to like we kind of grew up with the knowledge that people died in both of those houses we're pretty sure and it's like whatever like what are you gonna do they're they were built in the 40s someone's gonna die like that the chances were people were gonna die in here yeah, that's what I've never understood why the value of a house is less because somebody died in it. I've, if it's, if it's not, if it's new, even if it is new construction, I mean, shit happens, right? Um, yeah, exactly. Not everybody, die in dies in the hospi- not everybody dies in a hospital, you know? And here's the thing. So many houses that are of that age, think about all the kids that were born in those houses. And I think that should decrease the value a little bit because there's way more shit going on. <laughs> At that point. Right? Yeah, and you figure the bathroom wasn't even built in this house until the 50s. So, yeah, this place is, uh, yeah, it's probably had a birth or two up here in this attic. Probably somebody <laughs> or died or two up here, too. I don't know. I've never been one of those people that's been afraid of stuff like that, so I've always found it interesting that people get freaked out about it. Yeah, I, you know, I get that it's kind of slightly spooky, but I think that's mostly like the the meaning that people ascribe to that kind of thing. Right. But they're just like, oh, but, you know, spirits and ghosts. And because I am, like, very much a not a ghosty guy yeah. or a spirity guy, I'm like, his heart stops beating and his brain ceased activity. That sucks. Like, what What do you want? 
I was just reading, you know, talking about your mental health stuff earlier. One of the things that I've been finding is um, there's a, you guys know what about object permanence is with like infants, right? Yeah. Where they like, they know something exists if they can't see it. Well, apparently there is something similar that happens to people of trauma and we have object permanence with death. So that's why we don't miss people when they die. Oh. Because... Yeah, because <laughs> we hadn't gotten that far yet. <laughs> yeah, we haven't made that connection that they don't exist anymore. I mean, they didn't really exist to us if they're not in our face anyway. So that's why they don't exist now. It's a, it's a weird. I've always wondered about that because people in my family, like somebody dies and people lose their mind. And then I'm just like, eh, that's what happens. You know? Right. It's the same as like I would I was grounded from like everything for large portions of growing up. So once something was taken away from me, it's OK, that's okay. gone now. Yeah. I now have to build my life without that. And that's fine. Yeah, and you figure it just, out. Yeah. <laughs> that's extra sad now. OK. Yeah, Charlie, Chris and I found out what. Charlie, Chris and I found out one day we were sitting here at my house chatting and it turns out he and I come from horrific backgrounds. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm aware of Chris's horrific background. Yeah. So unfortunately, <laughs> we both come from horrific backgrounds. So not mine was like his. It sounds like his was more like the cold, uh, you know, the cold northern rednecks, and mine was the hot <laughs> southern rednecks. So there yep. you go. I do frequently in my jokes describe Alaska as a very cold Alabama. There you go. You're probably you're very right. You're probably very right. I haven't been up there, so I can't say for sure. But um, I've never been to Alabama, but. It sounded right when I said it, like it felt right. It, you can when feel I it in your it. heart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, one of the jokes that I freaking love is uh, the whole idea that, like, if if Southerners could figure out how to fight on a lake, they would uh, they would totally have something similar to hockey because hockey is just rednecks fighting on ice. That's Absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, this is a reason to fight on ice. So I don't know. That's beautiful. It's, beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. I, I don't know. That's how I feel about sports. Sports is just, you know, and a reason to get some aggression out. Yeah. Which that's what it's designed for. It's so yeah. that we do that rather than go to war. And then somehow we fuck that up too. I, I, yeah. I think the idea or the ideal should be, there's gotta be some kind of game that the whole world can get behind. And we don't have to have like physical wars anymore. We can just have, you know, games Ooh, that decide things. It was just like it's gonna be super serious, but not and, the Hunger Games. Yeah, not the Hunger Games. Uh, but but something, something like nicer. what if you had like you know, okay, we've already got like massively online Call of Duty. You know, that's a game about a war or about wars. You know, it's just like you just, just have a Call of Duty system. match and and like whoever wins wins. You know, whatever. Yeah, you, you just have to get everybody to agree on what the value is of the winner. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, this I get that. Of course, I, 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 it kind of thing has sort of been the problem since nations have existed. And it, so and there it, is that. Yeah, and it kind of slips in my mind. It kind of slips into like the Ready Player One thing where there's a massive war fought in like virtual reality because nobody's living real life anymore. Yeah, like there, again, there are worse things. I think in my mind, there are worse things than living in the Matrix, because then at least even if you're like a horrible piece of shit and you don't do anything, 
at least you're still providing like energy to the robots. So you're still useful, no matter like who you are. And like you could be like disabled and it doesn't care about gender or or race or anything. You're you're just a body that's providing thermal energy to robots and look at you being useful. Like way to go. Look at you, useful little meat sack. Exactly. Like so we've we've discussed how one of my favorite insults is what is the point of you? Like <laughs> In my head, that is the pinnacle of like, you are the most worthless thing. I think, what the fuck is the point of you? Is just, it's that, or you are not being the person that Mr. Rogers knew you could be. Those are my, <laughs> those are my oh go-tos. Oh my God. <laughs> you would break me if I was ever doing something and you came up to me and was like, you know, you are not acting like Mr. Rogers would want you to. I because if cry. I'm going that route, it's because yes. I'm not angry. I'm disappointed. disappointed. <laughs> People tell me all the time that I'm going to make a great dad. And I'm like, mm, no. maybe, but no, I'm just going to teach other people. And then that Iro thing came up. It's like, yes, I'm everybody's uncle. Cool. In for you that. Know what? There is a spot in this world and there's a place for those of us that are not parents. Like we're to teach. If we can't be um, models of decorum, we can at least be warnings. And I want Absolutely. <laughs> I want to be a warning to my nieces and nephews. This is not how you do it. Yeah, I've got uh, five steps or half siblings. <laughs> and I hope they kind of look at me and be like, all right, I can do better than that. Right. There there had to have been something else he could have done. I'm going to do that. Whatever that would have been. It's like, this was not the right route, I think. Yeah. And I, I love them all for that. That's that's perfectly. <laughs> that is That is why... That's why I am who I am. So they can they can be better. Exactly. Oh right. my god. Well, Chris, uh, I know you usually call it, but it has been almost three hours. Yeah. Fun. I, had a Look, good I knew getting April here was gonna be a super easy ride. Okay. Well that see, I'm all on board. I love it. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. This was a load of fun. Fantastic. Well, shit, guys, yeah. Uh I've been Chris. I am Charlie. Charlie. And I'm April. (laughs) Oh, way to go. I love all of you. You you Uh, really did go to the the Connecticut Schools of Broadcasting. You know how to sign off. I do. Yeah, she's got this shit. All right, guys. I love you all. You have a good night. Bye. Uh, Thank you. All right, Chris.